What is up, everybody? Hope you are living well and living good. It is Matthew Springwood. And who am I with? Oh, David Stonewall. Excuse David me. Stonewall David and Matthew Stonewall. Springwall. Strike again and return of the podcast. Broadcast is back. How you feeling? I'm good. How are you? Uh, everyone is listening to our fan uh, mail uh, episode. Yes. And uh, apparently Dion versus Randy Moss is becoming a thing. Cool. Uh, that was a good combo. That was. Uh, coming up, we're still going to have Big Phil. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing a mascot battle today. No mascot battle? I mean, we could do it on the fly. I'm disappointed. I haven't thought of anything. Okay, fine. Uh, and we're having your guy, Tim Bergsma, right. later on. Who yes. is this? Well, he's a guy that's uh, a, a part of like neuro neurosports, right? And they do a lot of stuff for the brain. I think it's something that's really interesting. It's going to be the new wave of the future, in I my opinion. I know he's worked with Kirk Cousins. Yes. He's worked with a ton of NBA players. Right. And he's going to be checking your brain later today. Yeah. Neural Peak Pro. That's the that's what and he these works guys for. like study brain waves and the way that your brain works, and I'm sure it's great for NFL players it, after all the hits. Yeah, it, well, it's great for that, of course, just to see the status of your brain and where it's at. But it's really for better quality of life too. It's not just going to be a sports thing. See, what's happened is just like just like CrossFit professionals start training like CrossFit, yeah. and then it catches on with the normal public. Right. I think this is something. That's why I was interested to bring him on. It's not just going to be for sports people. This is going to improve anybody's job, quality of life. Sleep, ability to focus. Mm. So I'm going to get my first assessment today too. But yeah, I've had some people in the sports world tell me about this guy, and that's why I'm I have uh, a feeling interested. when he tests your brain today, it's going to be the first time that he gets an echo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, "Whoa! I've never seen this much THC in a brain before." <laughs> uh, so apparently, when we did our top five trios yes. because of Jarvis Landry, it started something. Yes. So let's get into that. Okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry not happy uh, that you didn't have the Browns in the top five. Uh, Muhammad Sanu not happy. Oh, no, that one kind of made me. That was a tough one. Well, that was Fendrick's fault. Yeah. Well, no. Fendrick was, was like, I want to keep the conversation going, so I'm going to comment in here that Sanu's an average number two, which apparently is what you said. It is. Yes. And I'd, then Sanu was like, okay. Yes, yeah, I, I know. You. He's not going to like me anymore. I think that's going to hurt that. But yeah, I, I do look at it like this. First of all, I didn't give rookies a lot of love on the trio list. Right. Anyways, first of all, for all those who want to put tight ends in the trio, it's wide receiver trios for all these that don't read so well, okay? They yeah. really didn't read. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I want to go, you're making fun of me for my trio, and you literally can't read the word wide receiver trio. Yet again, some people were like, no, I kind of get it. They have, you know, Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs, and I'm like, that's not That's not it. Doing. No, it's not. We went total wide receiver, and I did not give rookies a lot of love, so I, I mean, it's unproven to this point. I'm not going to just throw them out there. Now, listen, Julio Jones, he's the man. Muhammad Sanu's very good. He is. He's yeah. a solid number two. But I think when I and when I went through my list and went through my head, he's in the middle of the road for number twos. Mm. That's at least where I had him. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know he probably thinks that's disrespectful. But yeah, I think he's somewhere in that 14 to 16, 17 range of number two wide receivers. So yeah. uh, it was. It was a good debate. Jarvis Landry, I'll say this. I should have replied to this. Does he really think... I'm going to put them as a top three trio. Come on. What? I mean, Johnny Suspension and Johnny, I've been injured my whole career, along with him, who nobody wanted to sign him to be a number one receiver except for the Cleveland Browns. And he wants me to make them a top trio? I mean, laughing emoji crying right back at you. 
Oh, you know emojis? Yeah, emoji crying. See, laughing. Oh, you were saying Corey Coleman's the one that's Johnny injured. Right, and then yes, you. and then Josh Gordon's Johnny suspension. So I'm just saying I can't put them in. But if we want to do another separate list of potentially the top three best trios in right. football, well, sure. Let's I had do it. Cleveland at I think it was like four or five right. because I think that Josh it's Gordon exciting. is going to reach it. Yes, it's exciting. I get that, but I tried not to go into this to me, I think range. It's 100 percent what we experienced with the quarterback rankings. Yes. A lot of people use different metrics, whether we're looking towards the future and potential or what you've already done or what you're capable of doing. Right. And I think it throws a little bit of people off. It does throw people off. So Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, it's a very good duo. Yeah, it's an incredible duo. And then people forget Chris Conley was hurt last year. Chris Conley was an 800-yard receiver the year before. He's not like some scrub. I got into an argument out there because somebody's like, the Raiders? And I was like, no, the Raiders got three good ones. Like, there's not a lot of team that even have three good ones, let alone the Raiders. that's what I mean. And, and And I was like, you know, it's Jordy and Amari Cooper and Martavis Bryan, right. and, and they were like, Martavis Bryan is a, they called him something, I can't forget what it was. And I was like, people forget what Martavis Bryan is capable of. I, I mean, he's a, a freak of nature. I yes. mean, he truly is. He is. He a, did it in the playoff game last year, too. A, exactly right. And, and yeah, last year was a weird year. He didn't live up quite to his potential because, okay, yeah, he wasn't there for a full season. Mm. So that changed things around. Juju was there. He's getting himself back into football shape. But he does. He has superstar potential. I don't think like any of us would uh, deny that. And what 2015 season, I'm just looking it up real quick. Like, yeah. I mean, he had 15 yards per catch. He had 50 receptions for 765 yards. An 88-yard touchdown and six touchdowns. That was last year? No, that was in 2016. He didn't yeah. play. 17. No, it was just an okay year. He had a, he had a hard time early on, oh, remember? I in fantasy, I know. Well, yeah, because it Big Ben awful. missed him on some wide-open throws yes. early. And then he dropped a few, and it just never got going. Juju emerged, right? and he never really found his way. And but then, then he started publicly complaining. But last We're going to see. There's rumors that he three. might get suspended. So I we'll know. See. I saw that. That was like as soon as the list came out. Yeah, exactly. So, I know. All right, so let's start off with Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Uh, he gave us something. Ooh. Or actually, someone on his team gave us something. Hmm. Joe Staley called Kyle a next-level genius play caller. It was an article that you were quoted in, actually. Hmm. You didn't see that? I did not see it. I saw the I saw this comment by Joe Staley. I didn't yes. read the article. So Joe Staley said, I've never been around a play caller like him as far as the X's and O's and just completely understanding how every single piece fits together. He went on to say, the way he calls the play in the game to set up something maybe in the third, fourth quarter down the road and how the defense is attacking, he's like next level genius stuff that I've never been around before. Yes. It's cool for everyone to start seeing it. Right. And this is what it takes. It takes, you know, the the decade veteran to say something right. to when people really take it for real. Yes. You know, when Marquise Goodwin says something, you go, you're a wide receiver. But when the 12-year tackle vet says something, uh, Kyle, this is a great offseason for Kyle. Yes, it is. I feel like we normally spend our offseasons bemoaning about how he's not getting enough credit. Right. And now I feel like this is the summer of Shanahan. Yeah, summer of Shanahan. And, and, and I think that people are giving the 49ers too much credit right now. I think so, too. I, you know, as, as a guy that, yes, yeah, friends with this head coach. I want to be like, pump the brakes on the expectations here for my friend. But again, this is a conversation you and I have had a lot. A times. This is where he's a genius. He is. And and what it takes, like you said, the 12-year veteran, he can realize it because he's going, damn, this guy makes it easy on me. I'm the left tackle. He makes me 
run block plays where I don't have to be asked to do something that's not realistic. Mm. Or so it's always an easy, yeah. like actual schematic block to get it done. He's not going to be unrealistic. He's extremely creative, not afraid to try different plays. And then we've talked about it through the years. His knowledge of the defense is what separates him, in my opinion. He understands the rules of everybody on the defense. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Kyle, I feel like, has had a chip on his shoulder now mm-hmm. for about a decade. Yeah. Either he's coaching with his dad, so he's not getting full credit, right. or he's coaching in Houston. And right. the other, Gary Kubiak's, Gary Kubiak's getting right. the credit. Right. Or for like two, three years, he had to kind of grind down there in Atlanta. Yes. Uh, in a year where he's getting praise... What kind of, of, of work ethic and, 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 and practice are we going to get at Kyle right now? Guy never wavers. Never. It's, a, it's obsessive. He lives it. Just like I, I just think, like, you know, that's where, our, you know, I look at guys like Kyle the same way I look at a Bill Belichick, a Josh McDaniels, a Sean McVay, the Sean Paytons of the world, the other guys that have these gifted qualities that he have, they live it. It never ends. It's mm. always in their brain. It's always thinking about a new way to communicate with the team. Was there ever a coach that that was living it and then stopped living it? Ooh, yeah, there probably is. Hold on, though. I just got to think of that. That's that's a good one. I feel like there's been some defensive coordinators over the years. That's those guys who stop evolving, right? Mm. Um, you know, whether it's even being like some of the West Coast offensive coordinators we've talked about, you know, even our guy uh, Mike Martz. Mike Martz never changed. It was great. It was awesome. But then everybody got a hold of it, and he just said, "Ah, screw it. I'm still going to do seven step mm-hmm. drops and let my quarterback hang back there Probably for Chip ten minutes." Chip Kelly too. Chip Kelly too. Right. So it's that type of guy where you just go, "Ooh, Tampa two is awesome." But at some point, everybody's going to get it, and we got to change. And that's what started the Seattle Cover 3 press bail. Right. You know, because Pete Carroll and that staff and Gus Bradley, they were all in Tampa. My end of my career in Tampa, everybody still said we were a Tampa 2 team. And we used to laugh because we'd go, we play like 80% Cover 3. But mm. it's but, but we were Tampa 2, and that's just what stuck with it. And that's really what the start of the evolution was for that Seahawk Cover 3 defense. Well, that's just the, the public, too. The public yeah, latches on to certain on. terminologies, and yes. they can't get rid of it. Yes. Uh, not to be outdone, Gruden is grinding. Gruden grinding. But not John. Oh, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. <laughs> so this is, I feel like Jay saw our story about Lil Wayne and Kyle Shannon. And was like, I will not be outdone. I am cool also. <laughs> Jay is cool. So apparently Jay Gruden goes on jogs every morning. And right. that is his big thing. That's like his one time away. It's when he clears his head. Sure. But on his jogs, big time rap fan. Quote, I love Gucci, 2 Chains. Nah, Drake is okay. But when he revealed which rap album brought him the most joy, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> Quote, every song on that album was great, was. as he said with a full smile, yeah. that he used to listen to on his commutes between Orlando and Tampa when he was on the Bucks 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Quote, I love 50. I knew all those words by heart. <laughs> one, completely agree. Right. Get Rich or Die Trying. It's one of the best all time. You listen to it now and you go, every single one of these, if it came on in a you group go, setting, I'd be okay, like, oh, what? many men. <laughs> Second, if the reporters in Washington don't just make him quote rap lyrics, they're doing a bad job. <laughs> You're right. Like, get up there and just be like, give me 21 questions. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, just give them to me. Give me the 21 <laughs> questions. If you know all of it by heart, Jay... But he's a sneaky assassin, Jay. He's sneaky cool because he kind of just, he's kind of like, 
just always kind of a chill guy, right? He's not like as wired and tense as his brother. Is he chill because he's chill, or is he chill because he would stand next to John, and you'd be like, well, compared to John. No, yeah, anybody's chill compared to John, but no, he truly is chill. He is. He's a little more that way. Uh, He's total football guy, brain going that way, but not necessarily just going to always be in your face. And even back in that day, he would like, in those Tampa days, he would say like little rap lines every now and then out of nowhere. And you'd go, oh, damn, Jay's, Jay knows what's going on a little bit. He's, the, he's not as white and uh, nerdy looking as he dresses on yeah. a daily basis. Uh, so he would just drop in like, yeah, just say lyrics. like some, well, yeah, right, right. He made it, made it known that he was aware of like, so the cool you believe songs. him? Oh, I definitely believe him. Yeah, he's the type of guy that certainly would listen to that. He's got teenage kids. Kids, things yes. like that that I'm sure are opening him up to that. How different? I mean, was John into rap music? John wasn't some rap music. I feel like John would be like, the only kind of music I like is the sound of the the pig skin hitting your hands in the end zone. So. <laughs> well, he loved John loved hard rock. Like he loved ACDC. Really? We had ACDC come in and speak to us the night before a game once. What? Yeah. Uh, I don't know their damn names, uh, but this really small guy that goes around and like kicks Chumbaran, his leg. Yeah. Right. I, he's One of the really greatest small. guitar players of all time. I mean, he's like really small. He's like 5'3 or 5'4, but Gruden loved ACDC. I think that was more his type of music. I know I'm horrible with the names. I can't I'm remember. I'm bad at it too. Guitar, ACDC. His name is, oh, Angus Young. Yeah, I feel we're dumb. We're stupid. <laughs> yeah. I love ACDC too. So John was, how does, I wonder how he gets into rock. Can you picture though? Yeah, because John's a psycho and he was just like, and Jay is like, cool, and he's just chilling in the car with one arm up and like many men wish death upon me blood in my eyes I can't see that album is that so is good. amazing but I, I do like that, I do like that he went eh Drake is okay <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I love Gucci, Two Chains. Man, Drake is okay. He, he and he is. Uh, I want to go listen to rap music with Jay Gruden. With Jay Gruden, that yeah. would be a fun segment yeah. for yeah our show. I think mm, uh-huh. let's do it. Uh, legs and ass. What up? Uh, so next week, the ESPN the magazine body issue is coming out. Oh, and you hear who's in it? Well, Saquon. Saquon. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I have. I feel like well, if you, they do this every year. Are we really putting a picture of his booty in our uh, podcast studio? I think it definitely needs to go up <laughs> as we decorate the studio. Odell, you will have company with your teammates. Don't worry about it. But I remember when they, they said Vince Wilfork Fork was going to be in it. Everyone was like, oh, I got to see that. Yes. Saquon's is going to be – like we had people tweeting at us like, Merry Christmas to Sims, Saquon's in the body <laughs> issue. Yeah. It's. I hope they get a good angle. Oh, I well, I don't think there's a bad angle. I don't. That's the thing. I mean, this pictures. Do you I've think seen, he's going to be jumping like it will be an Edelman type of thing? Yeah, I hope he's like in the squat position. I, that's what I was thinking. I want to see full like flex. Quad, say quad. Say I want quad. the quads. Like I want to see the definition. Oh. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. Again, I'll say him power cleaning that four hundred pounds. So you got to go watch that video if you're listening to us. It's worth the YouTube to check it out. It's one of those things where like I I had to to envision how hard that would be. It's like playing golf and realizing how hard it is. Yeah. Or. Um, just like flicking it, all you flicking it. What all you gotta do is just put the weight on that bar and put it on the ground and just go next to it and feel it a little. And you're gonna go. I, I don't even get that. I don't even understand that. How he did? I would break before that thing. Because you I have it to up. pull it straight up. Right, Casey Hampton. 
his senior year in college. Remember Casey Hampton? Yeah, no was tackle, a, for, no the tackle for the Steelers. Steelers. He was right. incredible. He was like Zeus too. I mean, he was like his Ze- head. I didn't. I never understood how it fit into a helmet. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's like Zeus from uh, was that, what's the guy on? You know, Orlando Friday. Brown? No, on Friday. Oh. Friday after next. You know, like one eye was straight and one oh, was yeah. semi crooked. That was Casey Hampton, and Casey Hampton was one of those like big, not nice big guys. Like he's not. You know how I always say like big guys are always gentle giants because their moms are like you're very big. Be gentle with everybody. Mm. Don't scare everybody. Casey, Casey never got he that wasn't lesson. raised like that. It was like, no, you just run them over if they're in the way. I mean, okay. And he was a I was beast. like the longest yard. I mean, we got in uh, my recruiting visit. He got into a competition of take your shirt he off. He came in with you? No, he was there already, okay. but this was on a party I went to. <laughs> and he went full Zeus mode there where he took off his shirt and was asking people to slap him as hard as they could in the chest. I mean, and people were going to town on him. And what was he doing? He just swallowed it like. <laughs> and then people were like, okay, do it to me back. And he started doing it to people, and people started folding like cha- like chairs. But he was. And a, you're you're a high school kid. I'm a high school kid. I'm going, and I'm first of all, I'm going. Man, this Texas place is cool. Look at this party, because that was my kind of party. I was yeah. like, everybody is together, everybody having a good time. Hey, hey, Christopher, what you think of Texas? <laughs> it was great. It was people were just slapping each other with their shirts <laughs> off. It was everything, and uh, he was such a psycho and an awesome football player. But he did he power clean. He broke the school record the year I was there. And when he put it on there, I was like, oh this. Crazy MF is gonna get this. What I was know it? it was like 430, 440. Wow. And he power cleaned that mother effer up there and got it up and then was so excited as we were all, He lifted over his he head. Almost, he got it over his head. He didn't lock it out, but he went like and we were all like, what the <laughs> And then he dropped it. We were like, what planet are you from? But that just speaks we've, to the strength. We've talked about uh, Larry Allen and that video, which is yeah. like infamous of right. like Quadrius smell, like jumping on him and stuff. As a football team, like I, when I go to the gym, or I think when a lot of our listeners go to the gym, they, they're never they're not maxing, right? But with you guys, the numbers are on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it like a competition? Is it a point of pride? Like, how long do you go? Like, are you looking over me? Like, he's lifting more to me, or do you kind of know what each of your personal records are? Yeah, you kind of know. Like college, there's competing with that stuff still, but that starts to end at college, and then you get the foot NFL, and you're still trying to be strong and yeah. do some max weight lifting. But at this point, people have their own workouts. But yeah, and trainers. You're, at, you're at peace with yourself. You're just like, well, damn, that's Khalil Mack, and okay, he's stronger than me. That's yeah. nothing I can do. He's Khalil Mack or whatever. So it is. college, it's still more college. Of a thing. Still there, you're still more of the pride and the numbers, and like you said, it's posted on the wall. Yes, the NFL, you never really do max where they're recording it mm. because they're so scared. Because the strength coach is like, Well, if I make Khalil Mack oh, squat yeah. 600 and he blows out his back, ah, my ass is going to be fired. Damn, right, Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton. I forget of all these people that you've played with. Yeah. All right, let's get to the guy who's right behind us if you're watching on video. It's this amazing mural of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, let's get to our first, whoa, big, big video. Awesome. Oh, big no, video. Whoa, Sorry. big video. Got two videos for you. Okay. Uh, this one is Odell, apparently at a camp. I love it. And it's, Have you seen it yet? <laughs> I think I have, but it's Odell. I love it. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. This is Odell. He runs up. I mean, that was launched. Now, that wasn't an NFL football. I know How that. How do you know? It just didn't look like Because that was my first question. Yeah, it didn't look like it in his hand. I don't think it was. And then the other ball he was catching with the one-handed catches throughout the camp, that had a stripe on it. Still, though. No. It's, that's why that I say. That arc? 
That's why I say receivers are the greatest athletes on the planet, in my in my estimation. My first question was, does this mean that Eli Manning has the third strongest arm on the Giants? Well, I think if you went for pure distance, yeah, I don't think so anybody— So you're telling me it would go Davis Webb, Odell, in some order, right. and then Eli in right. terms of just strength? Right for, yeah, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Just for pure distance, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another receiver out there that could throw it farther than Eli. That's an indictment that goes on a little more on teams than you would expect, right? Like, Dan Marino had a really strong arm, but towards the end of his last five or six years of his career, man, he would go to the NFL quarterback competition. He couldn't throw it past 51 yards, mm. right? So just because you could throw it a far away doesn't right. necessarily mean you're a great passer or thrower. Or I thought line. it was incredible about Odell was like the hop step like it, it was like a, an outfielder it and really was it was that's impressive the way he did it yeah like I like it I was, would trip over myself right. to like kind he of didn't run like up shuffle and skip, up like a quarterback no he did it more like a javelin throw yes and it just the power in his muscles his flexibility in his muscles and his shoulder joint I mean, I would bet you that ball went 70-something yards. Apparently went the length of the field. Yeah, I, I believe it. And I believe he could probably throw an NFL football over 70 yards or around that. Like, I really do. Uh, I've been around a few. Like, Roy Williams. Remember Roy Williams yes. at Texas? Uh, seventh pick of the draft by the Detroit Lions? He was the only guy I was ever around pre-spleen injury that I was threatened by that could maybe throw the ball farther than me. So you believe that wide receivers are the best athletes? I think so as a whole. And, and They're the course, best levers. Right. Well, and athletes are like, that's a, that's a very good discussion, right? What are we going to say athletes are? Is it hand-eye? Is it shooting basketballs? Or is it fast, explosive, jumping? Mm. To me, I, I like to combine both, right? And like, wide receivers have the best of Wide those. receivers, for the most part, can shoot hoops. Can play baseball. No, I mean, we've seen Odell right. like, dunk a ball going between his legs. Right, right. So, damn, think about what we've seen Odell do this offseason. He's dunking basketballs. He's hitting home runs. He's throwing footballs 80 yards. And he's showing up to practice. Yes. Being the, yeah. He's done everything. Professional. And he says he's going to training camp. Summer of Odell. Yes. Uh, by the way, we've had 40 people eliminated from our ExpectNet uh, baby uh, guessing when Odell's going to get a contract. The entire front page, if you organize by date, has been eliminated. Just want to give a shout-out to a few of these people. Matthew Fritz uh, said he was Lefko's 15th cousin. He is not. <laughs> um, Ryan McLean said he would take a bullet for Chris Sims. Thank you, Ryan. Regin Jackson said he was the number one OBJ apologist. Zach Spikers, hashtag Phil Sims to the Hall of Fame. Um, like it. Got a lot of stuff here. I'm sorry to everyone that guessed before June 20th. Andrew Victor said this competition was brought to you by Longcox. It was not, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, so hopefully your guesses are still intact. Remember, we will send, now that we have T-shirts, some swag uh, to whoever wins our baby game. Yes. Uh, another whoa big video. I'm sure that you've seen this and talked about this too. Terrell Owens ran the 40. Yes. And Terrell Owens ran himself a 4-4-3, according to Julio's clock, and a 4-4-5, according to someone else's. Right. I'm not going to lie. I recorded this on my phone as yeah. well, and I was getting in the 4-3s and the 4-4s. I just... What do you think about his stride? What do you think about the way he looks there? Looks pretty good. Knees are flailing out to the side a little bit, which shows me he's lost a little explosion. All right, so this... I mean, listen. Either way... 4-4-3. It's fast, okay, for 44 years old. It's incredible because this happens, and then people go, why does no one sign him? Like, what? Like, 
First of all, all right, there's there's a number of things here. You already said he's still going to be fast. Yes. But the issue is going to be the lateral quickness and the agility. The, and the explosion off, stuff. The, yes. off the ball. All those things. Okay, so there's a lot of things here to question. All right. I'm not applying. I'm not I'm not accusing. I'm just questioning, okay, for everybody out there. First of all. First accusation. Do we know if that was forty yards? I don't know. Exactly. Second of all, very convenient they didn't put the camera at the finish line, so nobody could really time it right. Okay? That's another thing. Thirdly, it Damn. is a track. Okay? It's a freaking track. Fourthly, uh, <laughs> it's hand-timed. Combine, as we know, is laser time. It's, sure. co- it's start, hand-start, laser finish. So 4-4-3 four, four, on a track, I would say if we went combine way, especially on a turf field and the laser finish, I'm going to say is at least 4-5-5. Five, five. Either way, still really impressive. Uh, a also, he's not being drug-tested. Not accusing, just saying. Damn, that's, okay. that sounded like an accusation. Well, I'm just saying, he's 44 years old and he looks really awesome, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, but if I'm there's one guy, there. if there's one guy that's, that's still going to look nature. awesome at 44, it's T.O. It would be. I'm not going to let that stand. Okay, fine. I've become I'm just such a T.O. stand these last months. Yes. It's been crazy. Well, I'm not saying he ever did it while he played. He didn't have to, but I'm just saying he's 44 now, and we don't know. So yeah, that's I'm all not I'm be- saying. I'm not believing that shit. Okay, fine. But when, when this happens... Yeah. I mean, apparent. Look, he was catching balls apparently for the for the Browns. I'm sure teams have looked into him. I, I'm sure. But you've said before, there's zero chance that he gets. There's signed. zero chance. Like I think there's teams that are probably somewhat intrigued, but they just go, "Damn, is it really worth it? Do we want the press conference?" The is there any team daily? that could? Like would Je- like the Dallas Cowboys and their Gosh. awful wide receiving core and Jerry Jones, who they've already dealt with them. No, no, no. You know, you're just you're going to undermine your new group of. Leaders too. Yeah, you're gonna. Oh, there's Ezekiel and Dak Prescott. Take a back seat to the Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. Now. What could To say in a meeting that could win a team over? Like, what would he have? To, like, if I was the GM and you were Terrell Owens, what do you think he would have to say to win me over? Gosh, he's gonna have to just. I, I'm gonna be a Boy Scout. I'm gonna do everything possible. I'm gonna talk to the media once a week because it's mandatory. I'll make it quick, simple. Make the answers, get out. I'm going to be a total professional, and I'm going to do my best to tutor some of your young players. You know, you got Johnny Starr at wide receiver. I can teach him some things and the quarterback. A do few you think things. GMs would want T.O. to? Because that's where we are with Atlanta. Yeah, I know. Like, apparently, Atlanta, uh, Orlando Ledbetter said on ESPN Radio the fact that he's running around, this is Julio Jones yeah. with Terrell Owens, has the front office uneasy. Yeah, good. And then it continues. The relationship between Jones and the team is in a bad place right now. Right. Well, first, why would it make the Falcons uneasy? Because he's T.O. and he's the king of the revolution, okay? And, what do you mean? Well, I mean, he's just... He's always been willing to stake in the ground about my talent and who I am and I deserve this or whatever it may be. He's been that guy. He has not been afraid to speak out, whether it was the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, whatever it may be. And they're going, damn, here's Julio Jones starting work with that, work out with him. He's got three years left on his contract, and now he's kind of speaking out without mm. speaking. So I think they're worried about that. Now, I get that. But, again, T. Uh, Julio Jones is using the tools available to him to get what he wants and what he deserves. And I uh, applaud him for that. 
because he's not the eighth best receiver in football. He's unanimously unanimously top three in everybody's list in football. Yeah. Right? I'd say he's probably top two. Right. I feel like everyone changes whether they're Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or AJ Green or whatever, but then they always or DeAndre Hopkins, they always say Julio, I feel like is right I, there. Might, I think you're right. So top two, fine. So there there you have it. Now, again, there's good I mean, things. If three. Atlanta if Atlanta's I mean Atlanta is also there's good things. I mean, T.O., you see what shape he's in at 44? So that was my thing is, right. don't you think T.O. working out with Julio, like, they're going to be, like, Julio's going to be in great shape. Great shape. He's in a wide receiver. I, I, I know my dad actually alluded to this. T.O. stayed healthy almost his entire exactly career, too. Exactly right. There's lots of little tricks of the trade at wide receiver. Different wide receiver coach have little different drills, little different nuances they can teach you about route running. Yes. Uh, so there is stuff to be learned there. Yeah, taking care of your body for the future, all those things. But what a Atlanta doesn't like is on that car ride over there to the workout, he's going, Devontae Adams is making 500000 more than you. <laughs> oh, gosh, who else? Who else is making more money? Oh, there's seven other guys that aren't as good as you. They're all making more money. So let's play. Are we, are we sure? Are we sure? <laughs> are we sure? Apparently, uh, Quinn was expecting him to be there. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, Julio told him he's not going to be there. And that the, the relationship between Julio and the team is in a bad place right now. Yeah. Are we sure this is going to end well? I'm getting a little feeling right now, and I, I'm not going to put this on T.O.'s feet. Right. I'm not going to say T.O. caused this. Right. I've been noticing that Julio has been putting himself in the media more and more. Yeah, he I has think there's been. a lot of stars that they get paid, and then some of them go, why am I not getting national attention? Yeah, especially why am he I sees not getting AB commercials? and Odell yes. Beckham Jr. Right. All over the place. He goes, why right. am I not getting that? And I'm in Atlanta. Right. Like, this is a major mm-hmm. market. So I think that he's always been wondering this, but I'm not sure this is going to end well. I think before I would have said Julio has always been a nose to the grindstone, not worrying about stuff. But now I'm looking at all the tea leaves, and this they they need to pay him because I don't think he's going to come in. I don't think he is either. Especially when I'm getting Bleacher Report alerts that Sarkeesian's on the hot seat if the offense doesn't improve. Yeah. So Julio is now looking at the Falcons like this. My quarterback just got paid twice as much as I do, and I've made his career. Yes. My my offensive coordinator, I see what a good offensive coordinator is. Uh, the tackle for his new team calls him a next-level genius play caller, and my offensive coordinator is on the hot seat because he might get fired. And he's looking around, and he's going, they just probably tried to draft my replacement in Calvin Ridley. I would like some security because I don't like everything that's going on right now. Well, and then this is the other thing that kind of bothers me, but this is the other thing I hear about with with this conversation. Um, I mean, there's two things. First of all, people go, well, he's hurt a lot. He's not as hurt as much as everybody thinks. Like, let's let's look it up, okay? I'm going to tell you because he, he's, he missed some games two years ago, um, but... After that, it's not as many. He hasn't been able to practice a lot during weeks, but people Still go, always, always injured. Out. He balls out and plays. And here, I'm going to show you just as far as games played. He missed. Okay. 2013, he only played five games. Two, all right. So there, there was that. His rookie year, he only played 13 games. 2014, he played 15 games. Oh, he missed one game. How dare he? 2015, 16 games. 2016, 14 games. 2017, 16 games. So that crap about he's always injured, that's, a, that's like bullshit. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. He's not. He's banged up a lot and he can't practice on Wednesdays, but he balls on Sundays, like Kills you say. Yeah. And again, I just I don't understand the pushback. Why does anybody not mad at Jerry Jones for? They had a contract with Des Bryant. Why didn't he honor it? I don't understand. 
What a jerk he is. He didn't honor it. That to me is... It's driving me crazy. I heard Bill Polian go on that rant. No, well, he's and ridiculous. It's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. And as the Players Podcast, I don't even think we're going on a limb. Contracts are so one-sided that for you to say, and they're, they're openly one-sided, that for anyone to say you should honor the contract, that's, it's, that is such a dumb argument that I don't even want to acknowledge I it. know. So and the true thing is, is I, I do agree that Julio, unfortunately, is going to be a lesson for a lot of people. And Kirk Cousins showed us the result of that lesson. Three-year deals. Yeah. If you want to only trust us for three years, then don't – my ego does not need to have a big number for years four and five and six that I might not see. Right. Just give me my three. Right. And if you want to lock in long-term, then make those years guaranteed too. Yeah, sure. But the problem is, I think they go, we're going to make you the highest paid wide receiver, and the total number is going to be 98, right. but you're really only going to see 60. No, yeah, and then they use your, 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 your I don't even know what I want to say, your love for football against you, mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. Well, if you give us six years, it'll lower the cap number. And these guys are like, well, they want to win. They want to be good teammates. They want to play because they want to be all-time greats. Yes. And then they bow to the team. And nobody ever takes that into account that they did that for the team, and now here they are wanting to be, you know, paid accordingly, and people are mad about that. Either way, Julio Jones, I mean, he has the right, and he should do this. And I just, I'm like you. Where does this end up? Do they? Rip I up? don't know. I don't know if they rip it up. I'm gonna go. They go Gronk way, like New England did last year, right? That's how you feel. And we're gonna throw in some incentives and some bonuses, some guaranteed and some money. Guaranteed money. And, yes, exactly right. That are probably gonna be pretty easy for a guy like him to accomplish, to where he can get an extra eight, five million dollars a year, something like that. To me, it it feels two things. One, I'm reminded again of the show Billions, which I just caught up to, and it's great. Yep. Uh, but everyone on that show is is asking for favors, and I'm always like. You're asking for so many favors, like you're going to lose track. I feel like that's in contract negotiations. These guys like help out the team and they do a favor, and they're never they're never reciprocated. No, like only quarterbacks are rewarded for that. Tony Romo, yes. Tom Brady, Drew right. Brees, they get paid back later. Yes. I don't feel like anyone else does. Nobody does. That's another reason everybody doesn't like the quarterback. The other thing is too is I think about relationships. Right. If you've ever been in a relationship, and in the beginning, you know, we're super casual and it's a lot of fun. Um, and oh wow, like Julio is just, he's so loyal and he doesn't ask for anything, whatever. Okay. Well, we're like seven, eight years in now. Julio's changed. Yeah. People in relationships change. And I, I don't think that it's as if they thought Julio was never going to speak up and was never going to ask for anything. He won't even notice that Sammy Watkins is making 2 million more than him. It's, it's crazy. I know. Of course he's going. It's it's almost to me insulting that they're like, well, Julio, you've been so quiet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now reward me for being quiet. He was insulted. We did three years ago. Okay. But you know that when you gave me that contract, yours four, five, and six were not going to be the same. Right. And tear him up. He could have probably dealt with it until he saw that his quarterback was going to make more than double of him. And then he was like, okay, I'm officially insulted now. Now yeah. it's got to change. I think it was the perfect storm. The wide receiver market had a lot of, it wasn't a great free agency class. Right. So guys like Sammy Watkins got, got more money than him. Right, Jarvis. His, his quarterback got double his money and right. then was called the face of the franchise. We've argued before, I think Julio's the face of the franchise. Agreed. And then his offensive coordinator sucks. Yeah. So he gets to camp and he's like, I don't want to run this dumb offense. Like uh, two years ago with Kyle, I could do whatever I wanted, and yeah. now I'm covered. Yes, all right. right. Let's get Phil in. Call Phil's, Phil's going to help us with uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, cool, right now. cool. That's where you're going to go with this. Yeah. All right, good. We'll do a little quarterback talk. Yeah, good. 
I noticed that you're wearing uh, Phil's watch. I am wearing Phil's watch today. I just thought it went nice with my outfit today. This is uh, Phil's most valuable player, Super Bowl Twenty One. Phil Sims watch. Yep. So was that bestowed upon you? He gave it to me. He did. Yeah. I, uh, I do. I, I wear it with uh, pride. I don't wear it much, but I was going to say it's a pretty good one. Christopher. Oh, hello, Deirdre. Hello. Hi. How are you? You're, this is Deirdre's first appearance on the Sims and Lefko podcast. You're on the podcast. Oh, I'm on the podcast. Okay. Wow. Woo-woo. This is big. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Are, are you waiting for, are you trying to get dad? I uh, yeah, I'm trying to get dad. Yes. Uh, what a dummy. All right. Wait, where's dad? He's at Parisi. Are you kidding me? No. So, um. All right. So we'll call we're gonna cell cell. Okay. All Deirdre, right. a quick right. question. How is the uh, planning for the uh, draft party at Phil's house going? Oh, it's, it's coming along. We're, do- we're going to do a good job. Okay. Any, uh, any tidbits for the listeners? Uh, oh, God. I Are don't we going to have some ice sculptures, maybe? No, just surprise. All surprises. All Perfect. surprise. Yeah. And that, that was Deirdre. Deirdre Sims. <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre. Thanks, right, Deirdre. See you later. Bye. See ya. All right, so let's. So he's working out. Phil Sims. Can't, he's benches. So we're going to call his cell now, guys. The other number. Call the other number. What? Uh, what's he benching? I don't know. What's he squatting? Who knows? He's going over there to. Yep. Oh, okay. Here he is. Yeah. We're. I guess we're calling your cell. Yes. Thank you for telling us that. <laughs> Gosh, I'm kind of a believer that he gave you that watch when. I guess uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Was it like a birthday or something? Um. No. You know what? I think it was Christmas. My my hope, and I hope this isn't the real thing. Right. I hope he was like, oh, shit, it's Christmas. I forgot to give him something. Uh, I'll give him this watch. <laughs> no, this is actually something I think he would have thought about. Uh, I think the original was ruined, and he got the NFL to uh, remake it or redo it. Yes, oh. yes. Right. Big Phil, is that you? Yeah, I'm listening. You guys are riveting. I just, man, I just could I was on every word going, this is great stuff. Well, talking about your watch. Yeah, that we're you talking gave about me. your Super Bowl MVP watch that Chris is wearing. Oh, you want oh my watch? Oh, I just heard a little bit. I just figured I'd throw that out being sarcastic right it's, away. So you're talking about my watch? Okay, that's yep. the thing. He well, he was okay. trying to claim that you probably didn't get me a Christmas gift that year, and you just said, "Oh, oh shit! All right, here's the oh, have the MVP watch." <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be some truth to that. No, I never worry about birthdays and Christmases and things like that with you. Okay, enough said. Yeah, that, hey, enough said. We we know, enough yes. Said, Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not in me today. I'm like, gosh, just don't feel it. You know, I'm like Phil Mickelson at, at, uh, out there at Shinnecock on Saturday. I just didn't feel it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, sometimes that's the way it is, even on radio, even talking to you guys. Well, you're going to the gym right now, though, right? I am. I'm sitting in the parking lot right now. I All right, so what's, what's the Phil Sims workout? So, hold on, Phil, how old hey, are you hey, right now? I'm just going to do nothing, but I, I'm going to do the Adam Lepko workout today. I'm going to do a lot of arms, some more arms, and Chest. You know, get that fake look. Look at me. I'm in shape. I got big arms. All right, go fuck yourself. All right, so how old is Phil right now? <laughs> Phil will be 63 in November. So there's a lot of guys that listen. They want to know what Christopher eats and what he does for a workout. I, I'm being serious. What is the Phil Sims workout today? How much weight are we pushing? What are we doing at well, 63? Ian, we're not going to push a lot of weight because uh, I had somebody that's very good in the field of um, uh, athletic knowledge, you know, the, the, the world of wellness and they said to me she goes phil act your age and yeah. i said i got you yeah so yeah so i try to act my age i change the way i work out i do about an hour and 15 minutes 
and I just stay very busy. I do not lift heavy weights on anything anymore. It's over. Wow. Do you hear that? It's I'm over. Not coming back to play. But do you love how like a stranger tells him that and he <laughs> listens, but when the sons tell him that stuff for the last six years, he just says, Ah, oh, screw you two. What do you know? But stranger person, sure, I'll listen to him. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, you know, this person was uh, qualified to tell me, and they knew. You were okay. just doing it just to. But, you know, I just thought, damn, I just, you're right. What am I doing? Phil, what do you listen to when you work out? Do you listen to rap music when you work out? Oh, man. When I walk in this gym here in a few minutes, if there's rap music on, you know the first thing I do? Hey, hey, turn it off. (laughs) So what do you put on? He does nothing. I don't care what they put on. (laughs) You're not listening to Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi? No, no. I don't know what they put on. I don't care. As long as it's not too loud. And, you know, they're not cursing at me and all that stuff or whatever. I, can't, the, the, I don't listen to that. The Sims don't need I mean, I motivation. Was last week, before I went away to Kentucky, I came in, and they there, I don't know who it was, and the music, I was like, hey, who, who put this on? And I said, hey, you know, I said, and I just walked right over and said, hey, man, you got to take this music off. It's not right. It's improper. And it's too loud. Dude, and, you you're know, the worst. You know, if you came up oh, to me and were like, "Stop listening," I'd be so well, upset. Wait, who, who, who controlled? Did you guys have like radio stuff in your locker room back in the old days and the Giants and like the Ooh, weight good room? Question. Like, who controlled well, that yeah, stuff? We had music that went on all the time, but you know that music when they were putting it on, everybody liked it. So but, okay, but who was there? A guy in the locker yeah, room was that LT? controlled it? Well, whoever probably the most powerful guy in the team was. It wasn't Lauren. Because he never went in the weight room, so we didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> so I don't know who was in charge of it. So it was, but you know what was great? I think I was 38 years old, so a song would come on in music uh, or in the weight room, and everybody look at me and go, 20 bucks says you don't know who this is. And, uh, you know, and I'd go so-and-so or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'd be right about half the time and wrong half the time. So they thought that was really funny that I wasn't, play, you know, the 22-year-old guy. Is asking me, you know, the new song that he likes. Right. I'm not listening to it. Right. I'm listening to whatever I like. So, uh, but I hung in there pretty good, as you know, for my age. I, I mean, I think I knew more than I really, uh, I guess, more right than wrong. Let's put it that way. Have you ever partied with a musician before? Um, I was at Bon Jovi's house for a big fundraiser one night, but I didn't get to party with him or nothing like that because there was too many people there. But it was a pretty good. Um, it was a pretty interesting, beautiful group of people, if you know what I mean. Who are uh, you know what? I, this is actually I'm 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 actually uh, interested in this. Who's if you just think about your career, all your days playing, everything? Who was like the one star you met through your career where you were like, "Wow, this is pretty cool," or you were actually even starstruck by? Well, I met the president. Well, yep, that's right. You you met a few presidents. I mean, you used to go to uh, Richard Nixon's house for lunch. What? Oh, I went to Richard Nixon's house with a few other players for lunch, which was awesome. Right. Because, you know, he was kind of over. He was a giant fan set up in the stand, and he set up in the top deck, which I thought was really cool. So we had lunch, and then when lunch broke, he looked at his wife, okay, you take the women in that room. The men come with me in the other room. And, you know, the thing I'll never forget, he looks at it, he goes, so what do you think? How are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> you know, it, just, it was like right out of this house. Somebody would imitate him. And 
it was great. We talked football and um, a, a few other things, and he was so kind. And I did meet Ronald Reagan. I was invited to a state dinner, uh, so I went there, and I sat at the same table as George Bush. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty cool because he was at the table, and they, you don't get to sit with your wife. It's boy, girl, boy, girl, and you sit with a, a different group of people. Nobody sits with their wife, girlfriend, or boyfriend, or husband. Huh. And George Bush was really cool. He just leans out in the middle of the table. He goes, now listen, I know some of you are nervous, but don't worry about protocol. Just reach and get it and just have, you know, let's eat. You know, I'm like, wow, that's cool. Because I was sitting there going, well, what do I do here? You know, it was really, I, oh. it, it was a good time. This is probably not as funny to people because of what has happened or transpired since then. But when it, the dinner's over, they they just push you like a herd of cattle into another room. And, of course, the president and all the people that don't want to be part of you, they all leave, and they have a band there or music playing, and you dance and carry on. And I just remember Joe Paterno was there. Right. And Joe Paterno got on top of a table and was dancing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is amazing. I can't and even I picture that. Was he a good dancer? He was really good. What? So, yes, he was really good. I was going, damn, that dude, this man, he is shaking it. And <laughs> it was awesome. And apparently, that's who he was. You know, he when the coaches would have conventions, he would go out and he just would have a great time. So, you know, it's just we all have a thought or – who we perceive somebody to be, then you get in these different atmospheres or whatever. And not atmospheres, that's not the word for it. But, uh, and then they, you kind of see who they really are, I guess. So you see the other side. That's right. Yeah, of course. Right. All right, so uh, I'm going to, since we're paying you so much money, Phil, I need to get some work out of you, okay? Um, man, what we got? What are we going to talk about? The OTAs? Are they over? We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson, and apparently he has a nurturer. RG3 says, quote, I'm trying to nurture him as much as I possibly can so that when he flies away, he is ready to fly away. Because when you watch it fly away, at that point, it's up to the bird. That's what RG3 uh, said. Know, I think I saw this morning, I think I saw it with my son on the yes. radio. Yes. I think they were talking about that. All right, so what do you think? Is, think is RG3 the, the one to nurture him? RG3 is just trying to survive. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, well, you know what? You were right, son. Oh, good. Yeah, I yeah, mean, just, right? It's just a politically big-time, absolutely the thing that you should, that you say that is what everybody wants to hear in the organization. Right. And now, if he's doing it for real... You know, his actions are going to speak a lot bigger than those little words he feeds to the press. But um, I think he realizes that's, the, that's how you survive. And, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people here lately, and they don't think that Lamar Jackson, oh, he's not going to play probably the whole year. I go, excuse me, but it would. So i got some a few wagers out there. You and do. That, yeah. We're going to put him under center in the shotgun as a receiver, as a running back, everything in the first game. Right. And and I put a number of five on it. I thought, no, there's no way. I go, oh, man. I said, whatever. Let's just say the bet was a thousand bucks. I'm not going to tell you how much we bet. Right. I said, I'll tell you what, give me $900 right now and I'll let you out of the bet because you have no chance. 
Yeah, so dad, I've heard you say this. So you think that he gets dad thinks he gets at least five snaps at the true quarterback position the first game, not just at receiver. Absolutely. He thinks somehow either hand or center or shotgun, but he will be the quarterback on at least five plays in game one of the year. And I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't bet it with dad because I, I think right now the way we see and read between the lines and what we hear out of their camp and things like that. That I think that's yeah that's dicey. He's going to be out I, there at least five plays. I, I just, think Flacco yeah. agrees with Phil. Flacco's rounding up wide receivers to throw in the offseason for the only the second time in his career, and the yeah. first time was because of the lockout. Yeah, that's right. So, he, so I think Joe's he's getting nervous too. He's ready to lead now. Yeah, he's leading now. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know you you know what they say you know how much money you need, right? You need more. <laughs> yeah. Dang, I don't want to give this up, and I don't blame him. It's a great position. Power position, get a lot of money, adulation, everything else. There's nothing like being the starting pro quarterback. But it doesn't matter because offense is so much about what? Deception, what's coming next, make the defense think, and you know, because they don't want to. And so they're going to use him at worst just as a decoy. I would think the first time, his first snap under center or in the shotgun, he's going to take the football and hand it off. Right. Because that will tell them, okay, how are they going to play him, what mm. the coverage going to be, and then they'll have an array of plays, all that that goes with it. And sometimes I think he'll be a receiver. He might be a receiver out of the backfield. Joe Flacco will throw him a little screen, and then let's see what happens. I like that. I like that prop bet. A lot of ideas, that's for sure. Yeah, I like that prop bet. Five quarterback snaps in week one. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Phil, I've never included you in whoa big off season before. So whoa, big Phil season. Uh, Josh Allen. A lot of people love him. Apparently, a wide receiver at camp is Austin Prohl, son of Ricky Prohl. Yeah. He yeah. said Cam has a strong arm because he used to be a ball boy for Carolina. Carolina. He said right. Cam Newton has a strong arm. I was a ball right. boy. used to have catches with him all the time. And at first I thought nobody could beat Cam. But throwing with Josh and seeing the wall, ball come out of his hands, it's close. I can't. I don't know. It's close. Is it possible that Josh Allen has a stronger arm than Cam Newton? Oh, I don't know if it's possible. I'm willing to bet like um... – well, I'm in a betting mood today. You are <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no. He he's got a strong arm to Cam Newton. You do believe that? Oh, I'm I'm positive. I do. do you too. agree with that? I do. I agree with it. It's. I mean, hey, listen. We're not trying to throw shade on Cam Newton because I think Dad and I would no, both say not, it's I mean, it's does. great. Right. I mean, he's got an arm that he could throw it so hard he can make receivers not catch the football. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. no, Josh Allen is. I think, like we said in the draft, it's the strongest arm I've ever seen, and that's—I think it's saying something. It's not doesn't mean he's the best quarterback or the best thrower, but it's stronger than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And I thought Mahomes was the strongest arm I ever saw coming out of college since I've been in this business. So, mm. yeah, I, I would agree with that sentiment, Phil. I mean, you've well, I seen quarterback play forever. They called him on the radar gun doesn't mean anything, but that's one thing, right? But you know, they are all kind of different throwers. Cam is a jerky, quick thrower. You know all that, but Josh Allen is 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 smooth, and he can just—he's long arm, tall, all those things, and he can just get through the football. So, just his workout. If you watch this pro day, which apparently on the NFL Network was just terrible, <laughs> you know, there's party missed. He didn't throw this one well. Yeah, it was the best workout of all I saw. But that's just my opinion, and I don't know anything. Right. But he threw some balls. 
I, I don't know. They were trying to judge him on the air, but he, they were going at least 80 yards. They yeah, they were. I've right. watched everybody throw distant throws for real. And I've always seen, I saw John Elway, Dan Marino, this and that. And oh, by the way, I threw it farther than Dan Marino, if anybody wants to know. Um, <laughs> and, um, and John Elway, but I the only person I've ever seen throw the football 80 yards for real was Brett Favre. Right. I saw him throw the ball 81 yards at the quarterback challenge. And it was a little off line, but I didn't care. I was just like, oh, my gosh, it'd make your arm hurt watching him throw it. He just put everything into it. But 81 yards, and Josh Allen can do that. And you know what? Look at the players, what they're tweeting out. Exactly. You know, I, And I've talked. Oh, I love the article. Oh, Nathan Peterman could be the starter up there. Well, who wrote well, that? Well, yeah. Well, Nathan tell them what you think. Just tell them your. I your... was going to bring that up. So, Mike Rodak said that Peterman should be considered a serious contender for the starting job. He split first camp, and I can't wait to hear your guys' reactions. He also completed ten of thirteen passes. Well, I think Dad's eleven on eleven. Dad's drills. got the right response here. I think Dad's all over this. When he said it, I was like, "You're exactly right, all Dad." Right, so, go ahead. Film. Well, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I, I mean, to me, that was uh, – well, we talked about it a little. I don't know if you remember. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, that's NFL team propaganda. It's propaganda. Yeah, right. They're just trying to pump the brakes on the – Let's talk about the other guy. Right. Um, what else can we say? Take oh, the pressure off of them. practices is he at? One – Oh, I don't know. Maybe more. I don't know, and I don't care. Yeah. Oh, and they're going. They want to make it look like he earned it, right? We didn't mm. just give it to him. He beat out some of the guys that were here. We were trying to make it be a redshirt year, but he was so good. We're going to start him as the third team quarterback, and okay, that's great. And you know, see, see, this is these things. I I just got to tell you, I hate. I yeah. really do. I hate it. And come on, let's let's. It's come whoa, on. big offseason. You, know you got to love it. Get him ready. And we're going to push him, and we hope he's the opening day starter because he's going to be our starter. It's a question to win. So why do we have to go, well, we're going to make him earn his way? Oh, oh come on, come on. You, you've been watching practice. I haven't seen the practices, but I've talked to some people that have been to these things, and you know, the tweets by the players, and it's quite evident the talent is extremely substantial. Right. And let's don't forget, he can run around too. Yeah. Uh, so – and he's built for Buffalo because I don't care what we say. Well, the two worst weather, weather cities in the NFL are who? It's Buffalo Cleveland? and then Cleveland is number two. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, but, but, you know, just – but you're right. Let, let's calm it down, you know, throw some propaganda out there. Oh, Nathan Peterman is still in this race and everything. And you know what? I don't know. I'm just saying if he wins the job, then okay. Then, then I, don't know, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> well, you know, this I, I just just for fun for funsies here, because uh, you yeah. were on the on the subject. I just be I would love. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard you answer this either. So, I mean, you've seen all these guys in person, all these great throwers in history. Let's just say I don't. You can correct the list, but I know you've seen Favre in person and practice. You played against Elway. You saw him in practice. Aaron Rodgers. Like when you when all said and done. You know, stack them up for us as far as what about them as throwers, who had the strongest arm, you know, just uh, that kind of thing. Or is there somebody I'm missing that you think needs to be in this conversation? Jeff George. Well, you know, first off, when I saw Dan Marino there for a few years, he was an incredible thrower. Right. When his legs and body and he was in shape, and man, he had great footwork and he could, his feet powered the ball. 
and he was truly incredible. Right. And, of course, John Elway speaks for itself, just could drive the football. You know, of course, his movement, man, just, you know, just think about Dan Marino and John Elway and guys like that. What kind of numbers do you think they put up in today's game? Oh, right. my gosh. Right. But I saw Brett Favre in person many times. I said, I am witnessing the best arm in the history that I'll ever see in football. And then, of course, then I saw Aaron Rodgers. And I'll never forget his third year he didn't play, but I saw him in training camp. And I just I just remember going, oh, my gosh, his arm is better than Brett Favre's. Mm. And it was it's like he just changed overnight. Uh, but other names – you know, I saw this guy throw in person. He never gets mentioned because his career was cut short. But Bird Jones yeah. was incredible. Bird I mean, Jones, number seven on the Colts like back in the 70s. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt his neck, ruined his career, but he could throw it. I watched him warm up uh, before we played him in 1980 in an exhibition game. And he was throwing behind his head like 40 and 50 yards, about five feet high. And I was going, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was really incredible. And, yeah, I've you know, heard you say. Hey, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I've, I've heard you say that before about him that he was one of those guys that you always thought was super talented. Him. Well, you remember they had an old timers quarterback challenge over in Hawaii, and Bert Jones went over and, and and participated in it, and Bobby Bethard said, "I want to take him and try him out and see if he wants to come back." <laughs> so I don't know what he was in at the time. That just tells you. You know, Bobby Beathard has seen a lot of great throwers. In right, fight. right. And he's sitting there watching Burt Jones going, oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is truly different, even from some of the best quarterbacks that were in the NFL at the time when he said this. Now, this has been quite a few years, but I remember the thinking going, yep, not surprised. I'm sure he can still put on – I bet you to this day he could go out there and throw it around and still make you go, wow. Because think about him. Big – Long arms, long big arms. hands, big yep. shoulders, yep. athletic, could really run. I mean, he had everything. And then, you know, too, a guy we never talk about that we should, you know, Terry Bradshaw wasn't he, he wasn't a wilting flower out there. Uh, I, he, I know, you're right. We talk about him like he's chopped liver. I mean, he, he went 4-0 in Super Bowls, but, but, you know, Terry didn't complete enough percentage of his passes, so he just wasn't accurate enough. <laughs> you know, the analytics tell us that uh, – <laughs> I never saw Terry throw a ball under 30 yards. Oh, my gosh. And I'll tell you, he, I watched him warm up. I was there. After my rookie year, I went out to Los Angeles to the Super uh, Bowl. Bowl to watch the Super Bowl. Right. And I'm in the end zone. He's right in front of me warming up, and he is throwing the football. And, I mean, I'm just going, oh, he is smoking it. And there was like a ball boy or equipment manager at the other end catching it. And giving it to Mike Khrushchev, who's the backup quarterback right. from Boston College. And he's throwing them. And the poor ball, our equipment manager, one comes right at his head. He misses it. And, I mean, it hits him square in the forehead. <laughs> and down goes Frazier. I mean, he went to the ground like <laughs> And, you know, they all go running to him. You know, he gets up. He's staggered. You know, okay, give him, give him another guy to catch. But I, I, I just went, oh, my God. It was, it was great. And of course, he threw some great passes in that game. That he day. did. He won the so, game for him. That's right. Yeah, we, you, we always forget. We leave him out. I know. Terry Bradshaw, he was six foot four, probably about 230 pounds when he came out of college. And, you know, I'm sure he was a four or five forty guy. He, he is. I mean, he was know, a, physically, he's a freak. He is. You're right. He yeah, is. He's and, a big and, guy. You know, I've been around him. Uh, it's an event, Adam, 
And, you know, I don't mind putting my hands on people and trying to, you know, play, yeah, 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 you better watch out there, you know. Man, when he puts those hands on you, are like, wow, get off of me. They are. They're <laughs> thick. I mean, just him, he's strong. You know, he, he's a damn Neanderthal, man. He's unbelievable. And I don't care how old he is right now, I still wouldn't want to mess with him. So, but those are, just, those are just some of the guys. They always, that group you talk about, they just jump out. And yep. the other guy that had an unbelievable arm, unbelievable, was Daryl LaMonica. Oh, yeah, the old Raiders LaMonica quarterback. Launch it with anybody. Right. Number three yeah, back so, in the old days. Oh, man. I mean, it was truly bombs away. It was Al Davis up, and I could just see him sitting up in his suite going, oh, that's the way. Don't let ball that. You know, throw it deep, one-on-one coverage, and that's it. That's our football team. So. All that right. was great. That was awesome, Dad. You the man. Yeah, that was. That was awesome, man. Adam, I'm sorry, man. Let me hear Adam. Adam, give me a real quick words of wisdom. Let me hear from you today. When you go and lift, put the ass on the grass. That's all you need to know. <laughs> put the ass on the grass? Yeah, when you're doing your squats. Because I know you're not going to give up on squats. Well, I do them with uh, kettlebells. You know, I'm in there with a, well... Hey, look, it's over, brother. You know, sometimes you just got to it's over. So I'm, I'm really sure. You're but, officially you know, retiring? Yeah. You know, now I work out like, you know, those typical gym people. I do a few sit-ups. I walk on the treadmill. Yeah. And and I do a few curls. That's right. You know, Go do so I was practicing I was practicing not interrupting and yeah, being quiet right. and it upset Phil so much that he thought maybe I died. He didn't know. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. Where, where's He's Adam? Like, where's I, that I big mouth that always interrupts me? <laughs> You know, Adam, tell me, what do you do in the gym? What do I do? Well, I, I have a trainer, so he takes me around. But oh, wait, it's... wait, wait, wait. Why oh, do you fuck. have a trainer? I don't know why I said that. Uh, because, oh, do you know? You want to know why? Because he needs it, Dad. Yeah, because like, I... I you're I, too lazy to do it on your own. You can't motivate yourself. Exactly. No, he, this is this is the guy that gets distracted by anything. He'd be in the middle of a bench press and like have to answer an Instagram post real quick, that, and then he'd forget. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's Adam Lefko. I thought you, I thought you were going to say he gets distracted because he's in one of those gyms, you know, where, you know what I'm saying, the girls yeah. are... Yeah, right. the girls and are great. There, Phil and, Sims, know, we like, appreciate oh. you having you. Thank you, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> All right, Dad. Okay. We'll see right, you, man. Guys. Have a good day, man. You see too, you, brother. See ya. <laughs> Get Phil in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I, I should have known if I mentioned a trainer to him. The, we should have Phil Sims train me. Oh, well, yeah. That would be great. It would be. It would be great for him well, and you. It would I'll, be awful for me. Well, it, well he, does, he doesn't. He is. He's got some injuries, so he's, he's trying to dial it back a little bit. Apparently. And he um, he's hilarious because... Truly, I, I would say he's going to be 63, like I said, in November. Six, seven years ago, when we would work out, you know, we would work out, and I'd be like, damn, I mean, dad's hanging, like, unbelievable. And then I'd be like, damn, dad's going to be me in this exercise. I can't do as many as he can, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then in the last, like, two or three years, man, we all, when we work out together, we only do the exercises he's good at, and we oh. only do his workouts. And it's, I'm always like, oh, okay. It's always the exercises that he feels like he might be able to beat me in. Yes. We're going to do all those for the workout well, of today. Course. Hey, Dad, I, I squatted yesterday. Oh, well, we're, I'm squatting today, so we're going to squat again. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I like that Phil is tired of the whoa big off-seasons. That's what it is. It is. The stories that come out. So yes. I have a few honorable mentions. Cool. The first one was John, Josh Allen. Yep. Some honorable mentions. Eric Ebron is dun, 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 turning heads in Indianapolis. That's right. He's fast and smart. Uh, Elijah McGuire 
compared to a Hall of Famer. Yes, LaDainian Tomlinson. Elijah McGuire from the Jets. Quote, he has the skill set to be LaDainian Tomlinson. This came from running backs coach Stump Mitchell. He told David Johnson the same thing. I will be honest. I don't think that's crazy. I saw Elijah McGuire. He's, he's got some very potential. talented. He is. He's very talented. You're right. He's the reason that Bilal Powell owners were so upset in fantasy last yes. year. Because Elijah McGuire is really impressive. He is really impressive. But that's still a whoa big offseason. Yeah, I know. And the Jets are one of those teams. You look at their the, the running back by committee. It's pretty. I mean, him, Powell, yeah, and Crowell. That's yeah. a pretty damn good three. Yeah, we're going to do best running back duos. And they made my preliminary list. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, another honorable mention. A wide receiver that's a three that has the talent to be a one. Yes. Kenny Galladay. Golden Tate says if he can keep the mentality he has, studies, tries to get better, I'm telling you, he can be dominant. He's a wide receiver one kind of guy. Whoa. Big offseason. Yes. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yeah. This is what they were saying about him last year. Yeah. He did he had fight injuries. I don't know if he's not wide receiver number one. I'll say he's he has the potential to be wide receiver real good number two. That's yeah. for sure. I need to see a little bit more. He's in the Josh Doxson class of I see what you got. Yeah. Let's see more. Yeah. Uh and then veterans. Lobbying for a rookie. Whoa, big offseason. Apparently, veterans came up to defensive coordinator Greg Williams of the Browns and said Denzel Ward needs to be playing more. And this is what Williams apparently had a conversation. Really? Now you're going to take ownership of him. Oh, really? Now you're mentoring him. We'll see. I'll give him a couple of reps out there and we'll see. After that, you give the kid the reps and... I don't anoint anybody, but both him and Miles Garrett got the acceptance of everyone faster than most rookies have had. So apparently, Denzel Ward's playing well. That is. That's that's a good sign. Because the players usually don't miss on those type of guys, no. right? I and mean, Greg Williams is not letting anybody get praise that doesn't deserve def- it. Definitely not. So that that is that is encouraging to hear about Denzel Ward. It means that he is going out there and impressing people on the defensive side of the ball and going, Oh, wow, those are special movements by that guy right yes. there. They're better than the other guys we have. He needs to be out there. Yes. But the second, whoa, big offseason, the real one, Todd Haley says about his quarterback room, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, quarterback rooms in general that I've had. Uh, what do you think about that? You're smiling. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, no room with Big Ben's ever going to be the best room, okay? Because he's tough to deal with. So it's probably a little shot at him, certainly. Um, I also feel like Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield are trying to be each other's best friends yes, for everybody right, right. now. Well, I, I mean, did you hear about the reports out of Cleveland today, right? Just yes, so that, that Baker can't isn't as better you know, than Tyrod. Again, there's, that's there's, what we said. Yeah, it's right. It's just I, I'm not trying to say we're right, but this is no, what I right. just from the players' aspect. This is what I was scared about when they picked him number one. Because they're just the players are going to go. Okay, yep, same size as Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Tyrod's got a little stronger arm. Oh, Tyrod's a little faster. Damn, why did we pick this guy number one? Yeah. So I think there's all of that also to the fact that Cleveland's probably pumping the brakes a little bit. Like they've had a lot of these young quarterbacks. They've thrown them in there early, and it's become a disaster, and it's yes. ruined their careers. So John Dorsey probably realized that he's trying to take a slower approach because he has to make this work. If this doesn't work. He this will live on his gravestone. The Browns have a very talented team. Yes, they in do. In fact, the Browns are favored over a number of other NFL teams to get to the Super Bowl. Like they're not last. They're, they're in the middle of the pack. They're third in their division. So let me ask you this. Yeah. John Dorsey, he goes out there and let's say Denzel Ward's great and a lot of their other picks work out and this team makes a playoff push with Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Let's say they actually end up being really good over the next five years, but Baker Mayfield's never able to beat out Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. 
Well, it's going to happen. No what matter happens what. to John Dorsey? Yeah, it, it, Baker Mayfield at some point because that's gonna, the pick. They're going to beat him. He's going to beat him out. Whether they have to get rid of Tyrod Taylor, a la like a Buffalo did this past year. But if Man. the Browns end up being good and Baker is not a part of it. Is it still successful? Uh, yeah, it could still be successful. Yes, it can be. Um, See, I don't know. Well, I don't then know I'm either. always going, it depends you could have had Saquon. Well, you're right. You could have had Bradley Chubb. It depends Chubb. on the quality of what Baker Mayfield does when he gets out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a huge pick, and they have to make sure it works. Because it's just always, if it doesn't work, everyone's going to go, you picked a 6'1", 218-pound mm. quarterback who ran four eight five and has 9-inch hands as the number one player in the draft? Oh, you thought so, that was the Wobig offseason? That was going to be the issue. The actual Wobig offseason yeah. is Todd Haley talking about Tyrod. Quote, his car is there every morning in his spot when I get here in the morning, mm. and it's there when I'm leaving. That's what you're looking for in the leader of your offense. Oh, yes, it is. Parking lots, man. Parking lots. That's really all you have to do as a football player yep. is be there before the coach, and you're working hard. Yeah. They don't know what you're doing there no. before they get there. No. But, man, they, your car was there. He's there. In this right he, spot. He pro- he wasn't out late. He was focused to get Not here Not only early. that, he backs it in <laughs> so that he's prepared. He's planning ahead. He's he like, backs it in. Yes. Never yeah. over the line. I know. I, I go back and I wish the wheels are straight. It, it's uh, something that makes the coaches feel warm and cozy. It really does. It's hilarious. It's like I go back to my dad a little bit because my dad, one year, Bill Parcells told him, like in the offseason, just come in and fake it more. Let the guy see you walk into a meeting room with five tapes like you're going to go in there and watch tape because I don't give a damn if you go in there and take a nap. But when the guys see you do it, it becomes infectious mm. and everybody wants to be there a little earlier doing it. So uh, I get that. All right, last whoa big offseason right. is more funny about everyone else's perception of this guy. Case Keenum is the bona fide leader of the Denver Broncos. Defensive end Shelby Harris says, you have a bona fide leader. You have one guy that you can look towards. This is our guy for the reason. Don't get me wrong. I thought Trevor Simeon was a great quarterback. I thought he did great things. I think Paxton's a good quarterback. But when you have a quarterback battle, it's like, who takes the reins? Who's the one who steps up? But this year with Case, we have our leader. You have a guy you can go to, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden... Case Keenum, Mr. I-have-to-fight-for-everything, Mr. I'm-always-in-quarterback-battles and no one will ever trust me, now he's on a team and people are going, we finally have our leader. Whoa, Case Keenum's a leader. I just think it's funny that last year he had a shamrock up his ass, and now... He's the real leader of a right. football team. Well, it's the tone set by the head coach, and Zimmer would never give him credit to be the leader or the guy that was actually accomplishing plays out there on the field with his physical prowess. Apparently, though, it's also like Demarius Thomas comes to the huddle and be like, "Oh, we're fixing." Like we got, we forgot in case he goes, "I got it," yeah. and he does it. Stuff. And apparently, the whole team is like that. It it says to me more about Trevor Simeon mm-hmm. than it does about Case. Keenum, sure, yes, Case where, Keenum's a stronger personality. Yes, yes, definitely, and he's he's coming off a year where he should feel confident and feel like he belongs and he can do it again. And hey, listen, Denver, their defense, we know it's good. Damn, I mean, who would you take? Diggs or Thielen or Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas? It's good conversation, right? Emmanuel Sanders, you got to remember, he was hurt last year. I mean, Demarius Thomas, I know he's been a little disappointing, but it's still like 900, 1,000 yards every freaking year. So he's got something there. They can be one of those teams. Damn, it's so, that's a hard discussion. You know, right? It's a hard discussion, right? I'd take Demarius and Emmanuel I Sanders. I think I would too. I know. I know. It's uh, So there's potential with that team. The AFC West is dangerous, man. It really is. That was a team I thought about wide receiver trios too. 
Because Believe I, me, people let us know in the comments they that did. you missed them, too. I just couldn't give Cam Sutton the respect yet. No. The guy that was the That's second round That's who they got player. at SMU? Yeah. Damn. Right. I know. It's intriguing. I didn't realize they got right. him. So, I mean, for all those people out there that want to be mad that I didn't pick Atlanta, I mean, I I would take the 1-2 combination of Denver over the 1-2 combination of Atlanta. No. I wouldn't. Okay, I, right. I just, for me, it's like Julio over everybody. And I like Sutton over Ridley, but really, I, I get Ooh. that Julio is better than Emmanuel or Demarius. I'm not arguing that. I think I want to steal a game from the NBA on TNT, and I don't know when I'm going to start playing it. Of yeah. who he play for? They do this to Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. Owa Adigizua. Who he play for? Sims. Well, it was what the, team is Owa Adigizua on right now? Oh man, he signed with somebody towards the end of last year, right? Because he went he went a while he was with the Giants. <laughs> it's a fun game. It is a good game. I, I really thought he was not on a team. Oa Dijazua is on. Take a guess. The Jets. The Bills. The Bills. It's fun. There's a, there's a lot of guys out I there. I bet there know. is, yeah. All right. Beans Not Beef. Yep. Our guy, Tariq Cohen. Yeah. The he, Mensch. He officially came out and said he's not Jewish. Damn. I know. But he also said he's never been to a Jewish deli. Beans Not Beef. I would like to take Tariq Cohen, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew and the Hammer, and I would like to take him to Katz's Deli. I think he's got to get the right experience. We take Tariq Cohen, we get him some matzo ball soup, soup maybe a corned beef special, maybe a little pastrami. Do you think Tariq Cohen would I, like— Listen, I, uh, I love Jews, and a lot of they bring to the table. Food is one of the ones, one areas where Have you I, ever had matzo ball soup? Yes, it's not bad. Okay, what about pastrami? I, it's No, it's not my thing. Too much meat on a little too thin of a bread. I don't like that much texture. Have you ever tried it, or did you just look at it and go, no? Mm, no, I have tried it when I was younger, and it was a small bite, and I've ever since looked at it, and that was all I needed to do. It is like a stack <laughs> oh, this much disgusting. of pastrami, it's like just two disgusting. little pieces of rye. It's absolutely it's not disgusting. disgusting. It's actually really delicious. I'm sure it is. I don't like that much meat in my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Put that on a quote card, Leech Report. Uh, another one for Beans Not Beef. Cameron Wake. I didn't realize how dedicated this man was to his body. Uh-huh. He's not young. How old is Cameron Wake now? Like 36? I was going to say 36. And he's he's like I mean, almost, he's, yeah, I think he's like 96 career sacks or something like that. In 2005, he decided, I am no longer going to drink beer. I am not going to have fried foods. I'm not doing it. He said on third and 10, when his opponent's hurting, I want to be a step ahead. Even if it's 10 years of clean diet for that one millisecond, it's worth it for me. Beer is not going to change. Beer is going to taste the same in 10 years as it tastes tomorrow, yesterday, but that sack won't. Yeah. I, ima- I like it. I imagine that Cameron Wake is in beer jail. And when he comes out, like he doesn't go down the beer aisle, he doesn't look. And then when he comes out after 10 years, he's going to be like, they have cherry wheat ale. They have orange vacation beer. Like, I just imagine he's never looked at beer. But it also makes me think, man, when Cameron Wake retires, he's going to be the party. He's going to have fun. He's going to have like funnels coming down his mouth. Like he's going to be pouring beer into it. He says to me, even if it's one sack, it's worth it because 10 years from now, when I'm not playing, I can have all the cheeseburgers, all the beaches, all everything. But now is not the time. No, it's the, it speaks to the dedication. A lot of these guys in the league have, he's obsessive, obviously. 
and that's why he looks and plays the way he does. It's oh, pretty yeah. impressive. Like when he, remember he had like three or four sacks on Monday Night Football and they interviewed him afterwards. He has that oh, V to the point where yes. you could tell why he can bend so His much. His arms are so jacked and ripped. I mean, it, he, that's a phenomenal success story. Coming from Canada, doing what he's done. Uh, and really... At this point of his career, still a difference maker. I mean, still a guy where you got to go, mm, I don't know if we can leave our tackle there all game long against this guy. I think what's crazy is he has a lot of quotes of his teammates being shocked by it. Like, I can't believe you eat like this. I can't believe you don't drink. You never do anything. Because for me, like, I assume that a lot of NFL athletes have that mindset. I, I think there is a certain group. How many players in the NFL do you really think never eat bad food and never drink alcohol and are super pure? Very few. Very like few. How, I like think there's a number. lot there's of guys 3, that 3,000 players. Yeah, right. I mean, I think I think like, okay, let's just go from the locker room. Like, there's 53 guys in a locker room on your team, okay? I, most guys are healthy, right? Yes. Healthy, but they're going to have beers and snacks. Out of those 53, I'm going to say there's like five guys in every lo- locker room that are obsessed like, I'm trying to break my body's addiction to glucose, like doing things like that, where you're like, what? Yo, I'm trying to see how long I can go without one gram of sugar, because when the sugar goes in your body, then your your growth hormone levels go down, and it works together right away. Like, So there's a few of them in, super every, in the weeds. super in the weeds about training, some of the supplements they're taking. Okay. Things like that. And do you think they're year-round, or do you think when it's the off-season? No, they might they're year-round. They're obsessed. So about five guys on every team. And I don't think like guys like this more times than not, even though you and I, we think, oh, when it's over, he's in a party. They end up being just as strict when they're done retiring. Mm. It's like the Jerry Rices of the world. They're like, it's Terrell Owens. It's that kind of guy. Yeah. That's just obsessed. He can't, it's truly part of his being, his working out. Or Phil Sims. Exactly right. Phil has a little bit more of a hungry appetite than the normal guy, but that's. uh, So now I have two things from Beans Not Beef. One, I want to take Tariq Cohen to a Jewish deli. Cool. Two, I want to be there for Cam Wake's first beer. Right? Like yeah. that first sip of beer. Oh. It'd be great, too, if he was like, man, I haven't had this for 10 years. So I'm going to love it. He's like, ugh. Oh, not like that shit. good. <laughs> Tequila. Come, Cam. Let's do this. All right. So Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry came out and said, we're both two good backs. We're two of the best running backs in the league. And then we're going to get to your doctor, friend. I'm excited about to study yep. your brain. I think he's outside. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited. But he, uh, De- Deion Lewis said that he believes him and Derrick Henry could be the best duo in the league. Right. I went through... You went through. We came with our best duos. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay. I'm not even sure if I know my exact order yet. I, I tried to come. It's really hard. I tried to come on my top to five. Come, huh? It's hard. I tried huh? to come on my top five. Uh, I have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis right outside the top five. Okay. Uh, right outside the top five. I also have Saquon and Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. It's just too early. Uh, also in that mix, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory. Uh, it's a lot of one and then not the guy. Like right. Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. Like Malcolm Brown's really good. He's just, he's not used yeah, as a yeah, two. Yeah, right. Right. It's not a duo. No, it has to be a two, and it can't also be, you know, I looked at like teams like the New England Patriots. There's a committee. There's, There's so many guys. committees there, right. My number one, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah. I know that he has PEDs. It's I really a care. flaw for me. Okay. I, I don't, don't care. Okay. I think they complement each other perfectly. Uh, I know it's a flaw. You're it. You're Man, it bothers me. My number two is Atlanta. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Yep. They're perfect. Yes. Number three is a little surprising. Hmm. 
I'm going Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. Mm, I thought about Minnesota. them. They were on the outside looking in for me. I feel like Dalvin, I feel like they're both really good running yes, backs. That's gotcha. my number three. Gotcha. My number four is another surprise. I'm going Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is coming back. I think Spencer Ware is a number one on a lot of teams. Him and Kareem Hunt, I really like together. I know you're going to disagree with me. No, I, I, I don't. They're, Am I number five? You'll hear, are yeah. they in your top five? They're, I don't know. I'm going to talk okay, this but, out well, with Let you. me hear. Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware, what did you think about them? I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm not sure if they're in my top five. I think that's they're like for me. It's going to be like, are they five or six? Like I'm, I'm right. Still, they're right. They're in they're that in group. That, right. Uh, and then my number five is the Hebrew and the Hammer, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, because I think now we're getting that was hard because I thought about them and I thought, are they better than Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis? Mm-hmm. And I think that. I like Tariq Cohen more than I like Deion Lewis. Okay, because uh, I think he's I think he's a more of like a weapon at, out of the backfield. Sure, and that Derrick Henry, I feel like he's he's special. Right. I just trust Jordan Howard more on an every down basis. Yep. But they're they're so close. Like I have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis six seven and then five. It's all rotation. I know. So mine goes New Orleans, Atlanta, Minnesota, Kansas City, Chicago. What is your top five duo? Who's your number one? My number one, I'm giving it to Atlanta because of Mark Ingram's drug test. Okay. So then where are you putting New Orleans? I'm going to put New Orleans two. Okay, so our one and two are the same teams just flipped. I just can't give him number one because of the PED. I can't do it, Captain. I just don't have the power. Okay. Okay, so that's gone. Uh, Number three. Number three. What are you thinking? Man, it's tough. All right, so from here on out, let me just tell you my teams that I'm here okay. with, all right? The Bengals, Titans, Bears, Chiefs. Those yes. are the four teams remaining for me gotcha. that I look at. It. I think I'm going to go Bengals three. So you're going to put Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard I, three. I think I am. And, and I again, right I'm not sitting I'm sitting here like I'm not like saying this is written in stone. I know I don't know everything in football. I do think Joe Mixon is special talent. Yes, I really I do. do too. And Giovanni Bernard, I think is pretty special as well. I we got to remember him out because of Injuries and all that right. stuff. Right. It's his first year back from ACL last year. Cook I know. That I was going to say that. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was about to say that. But I, so I, I'm giving that, I guess, a little bit maybe a hair more respect because of what I think Joe Mixon could totally be and what Giovanni Bernard has been. And yes. I know last year he was coming back from ACL and he wasn't totally himself. So right, I'm so putting them three. three. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Four. I'm going with the Titans there. You're going to put the Titans there. I, I am. I think I'm going to go there with uh, our man Deion Lewis, first of all. I think he's a great addition. He's a great complement to the way that I think uh, Derrick Henry runs. And, of course, he's going to be a great cog for the Matt LaFleur offense. Yes. Who's going to be able to use him a, a oh, lot like I, he was I, used. I said so. last week, Titans are going to be dangerous, especially yes. on offense. My thing uh, is, too, if if they need a nickname, yeah. I don't know where we can go with it, but something with twins. Like the movie Twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Derrick Henry next to Deion Lewis right. looks ridiculous. It is hilarious. Like he could put them on his shoulder and put a, a trench coat and they can go buy movie tickets together. <laughs> they really could. Uh, yeah, so I go there. I uh, First, I think we're going to see Derrick Henry have a phenomenal year because this is the first year he's going to get the workman's share of the, the carries. Even though Vrabel did come out and said we're not doing 30 carries for anybody. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I, I don't think that's a good formula for really anybody this day and age anymore. I think those days are gone. 
on like 30 carries. The Leonard Fournette's Ezekiel Elliott's will get the 22s to 24 carries a game, but rarely going to go above that. Mm. But I do. I, th- I just think that's a special combo right there. And who are you picking for five? I think I'm going to go um, with Jordan Howard and the and the and the uh, Tariq Cohen. He brought the, the hammer. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go with them. Mention the bench. Yes. Um, I like Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware. I think they're on the outside, just looking in just barely. No Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray. I, I did think about them. I think the where well, I looked at them and just said, man, Dalvin hasn't really done anything quite yet, and he's coming off injury. So right. I kind of was like a double thing for me. Yeah, uh, the, you wanted to put Saquon in there, didn't I, you? Oh, Saquon and Jay Stewart were on that list, short yeah. list on the outside looking in. But I really realistically looked at it. I said, I can't put Jonathan Stewart no. up there with some of these other duos. No. That's the really the really problem. But, yeah, Jordan Howard, come on, man. I mean, he led football in rushing two years ago. or Was he second two years second ago? And second again this year, right? Yeah. So he's had two years in the top two. Last year he with was banged no up. passing game. No passing game. No receivers. You're right, and he was... Guys were talking about him going, I've never seen anyone play with a shoulder injury it like It was this. amazing. So I think it's only going to get better, if that, especially if their offensive line stays healthy. And then you have guys like Tariq Cohen, too, who didn't really even get to show what he could be as a running back Not last year all. because they had no receivers, so they had to go, hey, running back, you have to be our best receiver, too. And so he didn't get to show everything there. So that's my top five. They both had like amazing plays. Like Tariq Cohen had like one little screen. Oh, that, that, toy, like, yeah, that toss sweep that won it against the Steelers, yep. remember, in the home game there. And then Jordan Howard had like that incredible yeah, run the, against the Ravens in overtime. Ravens? You're right. That's what it was. Oh, man. That's phenomenal. They're, they're fun to watch. Jordan Howard I'm just uh, texted me this weekend. He was like, hey, you in the city? And I was like, I'm in Texas. And I was like, damn it. I could have hung out with Jordan Howard this weekend. That would have been awesome. That's cool. He'd be he my friend. Out. Yeah, he's my friend. He's a good dude. He's the hammer. Yeah. And then I could be his Hebrew. Yes. That's why he was calling you. Yeah. He, you're right. He wasn't he's around missing. Tariq. He needed another he missed Jew. It, yes. All right. So we're going to bring in now uh, Tim Bergsma. He's going to come on. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, love you so much. Uh, hit us up on social as always at and Lufko. Uh, but for now, let's bring in Tim. All right, Tim is in the building. He is here. He is young. He is spry. He is happy. And his brain is active and is functioning at high levels. He shocked us because we don't expect people to have these bigger jobs and have brains yeah. and be this young. How dare you be young like this? I know. They say they say in order to be young, you got to be good, right? Right. So exactly. We do our best. Yeah, exactly. So Sims told me he's got this neuro doctor coming from NeuroPeak Pro. And I was definitely expecting like a 65-year-old dude in a lab coat. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So what do you guys got going on? And how did you get in touch with with Sims over here. Yeah. Quick disclaimer, I am not our doctor. Gotcha. That's Dr. Uh, Royer? Dr. Tim Royer, same name. But um, yeah, so got connected with the Sims through a mutual friend, Greg Roscoff. Right. Who we oh, that's got. the guy. Oh, yeah. he's, he's legendary. Legend. Saved my career. That's why the people on the podcast would know him. But yes, so. Actually, can I ask a question ahead. about sure. that? So no. Chris has always talked about how this guy can like isolate things from someone that's in the medical community. Yeah. Tell me about Roscoff. I'm, I'm sorry we're going somewhere no, else, God, but I've never right. heard anyone else talk about him before. Yeah. No, he's he's great. And basically everyone that you talk to who knows him mm. in the sports community swears by him. Yeah. Mm. And almost to the point where they're going to be pissed that we're talking about him on the podcast because they want him for himself. Exactly ah. right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're talking with a couple golfers that they're like, yeah, I, you can either hit me at my home next week or – Hit me when I'm at Greg's. Wow. And so, you know, in Denver, if you're in Denver, and a lot of athletes fly into Denver, I know, several times a week even. He's the guy. To, to make it happen because, yeah, what he does is 
is very similar philosophy to what we do where it's the whole body's connected mm. and he's working on you know muscular and skeletal issues to then impact things that are go even way beyond muscular That's, skeletal. I know people don't realize all that stuff but yes go ahead sorry no yes. you're good like yeah. he'll he'll deal with uh, he can help digestion. He can issue, help yeah. para, para, paralyze people. All those things, right? Am I good speaking wrongly here? Uh, whatever it may be, bodies, things that little issues you have with your body. People don't realize that the muscular system has so much to do with the body functioning correctly, right? More than just looking good in their tank top or and their bathing you, suit. You guys right. take it more from the mental perspective, obviously. Yeah, yeah from the brain functioning perspective, mm. even. So he works kind of body up, right? And what we're going to do is we're going to work brain out. Mm. And so by optimizing the autonomic nervous system, the part of your body that takes in cues from your environment and says, "Do I want to go fast or do I want to go slow?" optimizing that so mm. that if you're sitting at your office mm-hmm. and trying to come up with some sort of uh, answer, a creative solution, your body isn't reacting like you're in a life or death situation getting chased by a lion. Mm. It's able to activate that calm, creative focus. Right. And I, I've seen some videos. I've seen Kirk Cousins. I've seen Tobias Harris. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of NBA players. Uh, how, how, do, how do you guys work with athletes? How are you going to work with Mr. Chris Sims? I'm looking out for him right now. Well, I'm now. not longer an athlete, too. So that's where I was trying to say to the, the huh. people out there too this is more about just athletes i think this is going to be something just from my little base knowledge i'm going to learn a lot more here when we get done with the podcast but from my base knowledge everything he's explained to me at this point is going to help me with life and live healthier and whatever your job is mm. it's going to make you better at it uh because your brain will function better i guess yeah, I how yeah absolutely so if you take just think of that autonomic nervous system i'm gonna keep using that same phrase sure, you guys yeah. are gonna become experts at it by the time it's all said sure. If it is going way too fast, you're going to experience things like anxiety, maybe OCD, uh, migraines happen when it's very, very fast. Right. When it's very, very slow, you get things like depression or ADHD where a person's unable to click into focus, right? Mm-hmm. So what we can do is whether someone's suffering with one of those issues that's kind of way out there or they just want to be a little bit more creative focused or a little bit less stressed. Like they're already pretty good, but they want to be the best. Right. They engage with our training. Mm. And so with Kirk and Tobias, what they do is they have units that they run at their home. And we have coaches that will log into them via Zoom or Skype and walk them through their training. And their training is all about brain-computer interface. It's about getting the electrical firing of the brain connected to a computer and the technology and then letting the technology give the operant conditioning the positive and negative feedback so that the brain operates with more creativity, Mm. less stress. You know, just like you can learn calculus or Spanish, we can teach your brain how to focus. Okay, so within that, okay, so uh, just say somebody does have too much stress. What is it that you do to lessen it is it i mean what are the exercises explain some of that a little bit of what you do yeah absolutely so it's the part of the brain that is the autonomic side so it's not necessarily hey block the bad harness the good right. think happy thoughts what we're doing is we're actually engaging with the electrical firing of the brain so stress waves are known as high beta from about 20 hertz which is an oscillation per second and higher so what we do is we literally hook your brain up to a DVD player. Right. Anytime those waves are getting high, instantaneously, that DVD pauses. Hmm. As those fluctuate down, the DVD plays. And that works as a yes and no. 
So the example I often use, I have a two-year-old nephew. Right. And when he was first learning how to talk, he would point at a car and go, car. And we'd all go, yay, yes, that's yeah. a car. Then he'd point at an airplane and go, car. He'd be like, no, that's an airplane. Well, over time, he gets enough yeses and nos. Now he knows what a car is. Right. He's really good at you know, telling you what a car is. Sure. And just in that same way that a two-year-old brain can learn the definition of a car, our brains, through the right yeses, the right nos, the right feedback – can learn how to operate at its best. Mm, right. So you were telling a story about Kirk Cousins before. I don't know if you can tell that again. So sure. was this like the first test with Kirk with Star Wars? No, so that's that's so Kirk has been working with Dr. Royer since he was at Michigan State. Wow. So holy crap. Yeah. I didn't know it was that long. Yep. Uh, uh, he's been working a long time and he's done a ton of work publicly with with Dr. Royer. Yeah. Um, we don't share all of our athlete stories, but Kirk is someone who is uh, very public with what he does with us and um, it was about halfway through his senior season, and he asked Dr. Royer. He got in touch with him, and we just wanted to work on a few things. They had Ohio State at the shoe uh, coming up in, in, I think it was two weeks from so the time he met So he really Dr. uses Royer. this as, as preparation, not just like he could do it like the week of to kind of get your mind and the synapses firing and all that. Yeah, so if you think about it like working out your body, if I come in and I'm 45 pounds overweight, I've got like a base layer that I have to put in just to shed that extra weight. Right. And then from there, it's fine-tuning, right? Gotcha. It's I want to be at the pinnacle mm. of fitness. Right. Same is true here. There's a base layer to, to kind of get the years and decades of kind of junk out of the way. Yeah. And then it's fine-tuning and really mm. getting that brain and body at the absolute best. So senior year, week of the shoe, and he needed some fine-tuning. Yep. And so the first thing that uh, Doc worked with him on is just breathing. And it seems so simple, but the way we take in oxygen can impact our autonomic nervous system. Right. So what, what he does is we do diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah, let's breathing. do it now. Can we do it yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, we can do it. So if you, if you sit... I used to do a little of this every now and then, but go ahead. Yeah. So basically, the average American breathes 12 to 16 breaths a minute. And we do that shallow breaths. Each of our lungs is, has 300 million alveoli, so 600 million alveoli that saturate with oxygen and then dissipate the carbon dioxide. Mm. When we're breathing 12 breaths a minute, we're not optimizing those. Right. So what we want to do is drop that rate to about six breaths a minute. Damn. Breathing from our diaphragm, so from so our belly. Here. Yep. So if your shoulders are moving, it's not going right. Okay, okay. If you put that hand on the stomach, it's a nice deep in. All right, question. So if you yes. don't have your hand on your stomach and you're living a normal life, are you still doing six? So or do you have to be like, get back to six, Tim? So the analogy that we'll use on this is it's like clearing out the apps on your iPhone. Is you wake up, you know, literally, you, yeah. you talk to somebody, you maybe have a morning meeting, you email, phone call, breathe. You keep going, lunch, uh, another meeting, you have to film your podcast, breathe. Because what that's doing is it's signaling to your body, hey, this isn't an emergency. You're not drowning. You're not suffocating. Right. This is okay. Right. So settle back in. Yeah. And we've all, we've all had that experience where we're working so hard that we can't – we get in a block and we sure. can't think. And then what do we do? We go for a walk or we take a nap or we shower and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's that idea. Yes. Right. Right. It's because we're pushing ourselves fast, 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 fast. And then it's not until we allow and push our body slower mm. where we can access that calm, creative focus. Right. That makes sense. Uh, it's, uh, th that's where I'm interested. I'm interested. So, okay, so even this, let's add to this. First of all, sleep, right? Because this is another huge thing. So where does the sleep part of it all tie into all this as far as better performance, whatever it may be? Absolutely. That's a... 
you know, that's a four-hour segment probably, but to, yeah. to shorten it yeah, up. Right. So sleep impacts our daytime. And to call it sleep is kind of crazy. I Never would I say, hey, what did you do yesterday? You'd be like, oh, I was awake. You know, like that sounds crazy, but we say, oh, you know, I was asleep from midnight to seven right. or whatever it was. And but what's happening during sleep is the first half of sleep, you get a lot of deep sleep, yeah. which is where the body is recovering. Then ideally at your body's nadir at its coldest point, which happens right around 2.30 or 3 a.m., okay. it starts heating back up. And that's where you get REM sleep. Right. During REM sleep is where your brain shrinks, toxins are flushed away, you dream, you problem solve, memories are consolidated. Is that where I start to sweat maybe a little at night too? Would that happen or not? <laughs> Potentially that might that might be All a couple right. other things okay. at play there Does that too. Does that bed wedding? Because that's been an issue for Chris <laughs> that, Yeah, that would be an issue with REM. But, um, <laughs> So when we're not when, – when we sleep properly, we're getting all of this beautiful recovery. Mm. When stuff gets off in our sleep or, you know, when our daytime brain starts impacting our nighttime brain, that's when you get a lot of people who say, hey, I wake up at 3 a.m., which it's no surprise is 3 a.m. because that's right when that body's starting to shift. Mm. Yep. And when you're in REM sleep, your brain's super alive. Right. It's super active. Right. So if I have – kind of underwriting anxiety, Yeah, what happens is my brain just pops up. Happens to me all the time. And wakes me up. I take a 315P, and I my brain starts going. I start going about left coast, you know, the podcast or the show I got to do for NBC Sports, and I can't shut that, that F off. I don't so know. So you wake up at 315 a lot. I do, and I have a hard time, and my wife knows this. This is a, one of the biggest reasons I'm intrigued by this, too, because it's really been an issue for me, like, turning my brain off. I can't turn it off. All of a sudden, I'm it's 3.30 in the morning, and the show topics and things we're going to talk Damn. about, I'm already formulating my conversation. and it's how nice I'm to gonna, know that he cares that much. So, yeah, but so <laughs> that's, uh, I, I don't know even what I was just saying, but that happens to me a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. Give him a diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we we were going to look at his brain here pretty yeah. soon, so um, I bet we will see indicators of that. Yes, because the last thing you need at three is to be thinking about the podcast, mm-hmm. because all that's going to do is deter from making right. worse of the podcast, right? Yeah, right. Totally. And so the ideal is, it's kind of we want you to be where your feet are, yeah. right? There's a time for planning. There's a time for looking back, but when it's time to be focused and be here and present sure. and in the moment. I don't want to be thinking about, you know, for instance, me, my flight today or my yes, meetings tomorrow right. or the meeting I just had earlier. I want to be here and mm. present. Sins and Lefko podcast. Exactly. Right. Damn. Okay. All right. So I have I have so many. Go ahead. What do you want well, to ask? I was going to say, so like you're going to look at his brain. Yep. How do you look at his brain? So what we're going to do is we're going to hook up a uh, medical grade electroencephalogram. So an EEG. Okay. So just like an EKG will measure your heart sure. or an EMG can measure muscles. We're going to measure the electricity of the brain. Oh, and you're going to put like nodes on he, his head? Yep. Yeah. He's going nice. to have he's going to have two grounds on his ears and then uh, we'll look at three different areas of his brain today. We're going to look at center left and right. Are you going right. to do it here? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, can I take yes. pictures? Up to him. Sure. Yeah, yes. I don't care. Awesome. Of course. Podcast for the Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. It's actually been featured in GQ with Kirk, that look Ooh, wow. with the lead on it. So we can say that it has been, you know, it has you're that not, kind of pub like behind it. Is there I, I know this isn't going to be like total across the board, sure. uh, but like there are, is there certain things you continually find with athletes or like certain Ooh, things question. you continually find with Wall Streeters or whatever it may be? Yeah. Uh, what are the, some of the differences there that you see with certain jobs or whatever it may be? Absolutely. So there's kind of, a, I would say, a strength category and a tendency for weakness category. So gotcha. when we have looked at someone who's been number one in the world for tennis over multiple years, another individual who's number one in the world for golf 
over multiple years and an individual who is the MVP of the NBA who had a very long NBA career. Right. They all have things in common on the plus side, on the positive side. Their stress waves, their anxiety that we were talking about, those fast-moving waves are almost non-existent. Right, really? They are never seeing a lion. It doesn't matter <laughs> if, you know, or in golf, it doesn't matter if it's a putt on 18 of the Masters worth, you know, however many million dollars, or it's a putt on Wednesday during a practice round. That putt is that putt is that putt. Yeah. That's or, amazing. You know, that free throw that is that free you? throw is that free throw. Like, does it amaze you when you get that feedback back? It's it's incredible to see it. And it's what's more incredible to me is when I can spend 30 minutes with someone and look at their brain and say, hey, based on this brain, you're going to have the tendency for this. And that person says, oh, you're describing me. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's like Jesus and the woman at the well almost. Yeah, right. But, you know, I get a little bit of Yeah, uh, you're, a like, you're like the tarot card reader. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. How the hell did you do that? Yeah, everybody's yeah. shocked, but it's because these things that we experience are st- stem from a physiological reaction. Mm-hmm. What about the negatives yeah, of the athletes? Tendencies yeah, so, for weakness. Yeah, yeah, so what we see, especially in um, long season sports, right. so basketball and hockey, is that because of their sleep disruption, playing 41 games on the road, 82 games total, right. is we're stealing sleep away from them and sleep and brain health feed into each other. Uh-huh. So when one is good, the other one tends to be good. And then when you disrupt one, the other one tends to suffer. Mm. So their brains and even their testosterone when we do hormone uh, sampling is goes down throughout the course of the season. Wow. And uh, ESPN actually did a, a thing about the sleep um, and how there's kind of the unwinnable games. Right. Um, and they talked to Dr. Royer about it. He was like, yeah, it's not only do they schedule in unwinnable games, but they also are putting these individuals at risk for injury. Sure. And that's why you see so many more injuries on the second half of the season. Right. Because testosterone is compromised due to really lack of sleep and overuse. I feel right. like the last three years, there's been a movement of acceptance of sleep. I think Ariana Huffington was like the first one that's like, here's a book and it's about sleep. And I've gone on dates with people. And if they say they don't, they only get four hours. I don't talk to them. Tom Brady's come out talking about sleep. I feel like there was a, a long run. 10, 15 years of going, I don't need sleep. You're weak I'll if you sleep. sleep. Yeah, a badge of honor. And, yeah. I, and it, it has gone completely the other way. Now, my question is, was Dr. Royer saying that all along and now everyone else is like, or was he part of the movement too? You know, I would say he's always valued it. Mm. I would say over, the more we learn about sleep, it's impossible to ignore. Right. Mm. Because the links that it has towards memory loss, towards Alzheimer's, towards all these things, not just today and my ability to perform my job today, but my ability to be alive in my 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. all links back to sleep. Damn. Well, all right. So you didn't. You How many hours am I supposed to sleep? So actually, another thing that you are going to do that your family has done. Yeah, you're all doing it. They're, they're doing it. We can, I'm we part can, of the family, by We way. can hook you up. We'll okay. get you going. While you sleep. Is we're actually measuring sleep. So we have this, we call it our mobile polysomnograph, where it is going to hook up, and it's not like a Fitbit that's just measuring are you tossing or turning, but it's actually going to stage out your sleep, tell you how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep, how much light sleep, how much awakening after sleep onset have you had. And what we do is we have a normative database where we run that against a thousand other people your age. And we say, are you getting enough sleep for those stages? Because you might be a person who's 
hyper-efficient, mm. who in seven hours can get the amount of sleep other people do in eight. You might be the other way. You might need nine or ten hours of sleep just to get what normal people do in eight. That information is valuable. So, right. you know, your sleep isn't equal to your sleep isn't right. equal to my sleep. Yeah. Ooh. I think you're a pretty average sleeper. I, I am. I'm. Uh, well, I mean, my wife is like somebody that needs eight hours or she can't function. Good no. question. So he's dealing with like a tough terrain here. Like he's got to weigh games when he sleeps. The wife, I mean, if you want to play the audio, yeah, she's got kind of a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> she snores. <laughs> she's definitely part of my issue. To where I, I don't wear earplugs anymore, but I have a noise machine in the room. Okay, right. So I've had to deal with that. She's realized that if she doesn't eat late, and especially as long as she eats healthy later, she doesn't snore as much. So okay. yeah, it's been getting better. But that is yes, one of the yeah. obstacles yeah. I'm having to what deal you, with. What are you yes. do about that? Sleep environment is huge. I know. I'm, I want to move her ass well, to the I, next room. I've always said this. So I live <laughs> I live in New York, okay. and I live two blocks from a fire station. And I've always said it's annoying when it goes by, but it has to be impacting me while I'm sleeping. Like if, if at 3 o'clock a fire truck goes by, I might not wake up, but it has to be impacting me somehow. You would assume so, and but we don't know how much it's impacting you until we actually look at your sleep. Damn. Because you could both Tim's wake up. coming over to sleep over. <laughs> I can send them the technology. <laughs> I don't need to come over myself. But, you know, we could all wake up and say, hey, how'd you sleep last night? Seven, 7.5, eight. But we're just comparing that to other nights of sleep that That's we've right. had. You know, we have people who say, oh, yeah, I'm sleeping in eight. We, we get their brain. We get their breathing. We get some of these other things going. They go... Hey, remember when I said I was sleeping at eight? I was sleeping at four. I didn't know that this kind of sleep was possible. I didn't know that this was, mm. I thought this was, you know, for children could only sleep like this. Yeah. Right? What, what do you think? So, I mean, th- this is, I know, uh, I know I have a few friends that do it. I'm not going to out all these people because the, I think that some of them, uh, like he was saying, with like a lot Greg, of it's private. They don't, and then they also are like, oh, you're going to have them on the podcast. I mean, now people are going to know about them. Like, they, like kind of saying about Greg Roskop and the MAT out in Denver, same type yeah. of thing. Um, but where, when you get athletes to come to you, what are they usually trying to accomplish more than anything? Like, what's goal number one? Have they realized they have deficiencies, or are they just looking to get better any way they can? I would say you just nailed the two. Right. One is I'm in the 95th, 98th, 99th percentile. I want to get to the 99.99th percentile. Right. I want to squeeze every bit of juice out of me I have. Right. Yeah. The other one would be you can fix my sleep. Yeah, right. And when we say, hey, we can, we can help, yeah. you know, we, there's a lot. There, you're going to have to do a lot, but it's going to be work. But, yeah, this can, this can help. Uh, guys' light, eyes light up. Yeah, right. I, I just I think this is the wave of the future. Uh, I really do. That's why I'm excited to, to meet with you and get tested here. And I just think it's going to be, you know, we're in the age of the changing dynamic of sports and sports science. And we're seeing all these, you know, uh, just new age things come to light and players are pushing the limits. Yeah. And uh, I think this is going to be kind of the next phase, especially in the NFL for coaches, players, whatever it may be. And, and I mean, I'm not wrong to say it would work for the lawyers and the doctors of the world, right? Either. Like, did you have any commonalities between some of those jobs at all where you were like, that's so strange they're like that, like whether it was doctors or lawyers or anything? Yeah. So there's two numbers that we look at. Yeah. One we kind of describe as our gas pedal is how how hard are you going? Is that pedal on the floor 
The other one is the brake pedal. Yeah. What we find, especially in lawyers, also salespeople, business owners, is that that gas no is down <laughs> and they have no brake. <laughs> and they can do that. Yeah. They can do that for months. They can do that for years. But they're, they're borrowing or they're stealing from somewhere. And oftentimes, that's that long-term health. Yes. And we'll run into people who are incredibly successful. Right. But they've, they've stolen from sleep. They've stolen mm. from these other things. And now- they're uh, experiencing memory issues, yeah, and, so, right. and they they say, "Hey, I would give anything. I would give it all back if I could remember, you know, my yeah. grandkids' names, right. or you know, because honestly, is there a way to start that? Yeah, it's by it's by improving the brain now, so that we can sleep better now, yeah. so that we can so keep it strong, so it doesn't get to that point of so weak it's forgetting shit. Exactly, right. and and we're working out of a sustainable focus." Not this hyper overactive focus. Right, mm. right. Man, have you, uh, my last one for me is have you had anybody that's like blown you guys away? That like you called your other coworkers in the office or like, did you, boy, he, he's, a, I mean, he's Tiger Woods, we, we I mean, don't have to do crazy. any work with him. He yeah. is off the charts. Have there been cases like that? There are a few. And people. are they typically like high performers? Almost always. Mm. And it's it's incredible. There's kind of the genetic standpoint. There's also the epi, epigenetic standpoint of it. But they're oftentimes people who have two high-performing parents who then they themselves are high-performing, who mm. have kind of grown up. It's usually kind of the stars have to align right. for that individual. I would say 99% of people we look at have something they could improve, some more than others. Um, but, yeah, every so often, I mean, we'll, do, we'll look at people who are entering the NBA. Yeah. And they are fantastic from our standpoint. But maybe the reason they have gotten to that point isn't their athleticism, is that they're getting every square inch out of what they have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And other people will be, you know, starting pro careers and they'll only be 50% of the way towards their ceiling. They might be athletically Better, getting all they right, can, right. but they're not mentally, they're not from a visual processing or recovery or any of these standpoints. Right. Makes me almost value them more because they have so many more things to improve upon that we haven't even seen yet. That's what I always say whenever I'm doing assessments. I'm like, hey, the best thing that can happen today is I find a couple things that are inefficient. Yes. Because then we can improve those and who knows who you can be and where you can yeah. go. Man, I'm hoping yeah. you ace this test. <laughs> Actually, I'm you know what? to see where it goes. If, I really if we find out today, I, I don't know if you're going to find out today, but that you have, like, listen, you're using like 20%. Like, and be like, man, this is great. The Sims and Sims left is about to improve incredibly. But uh, yeah, tell your wife that she's making your sleep environment so difficult. I uh, trust me, I've been telling her. Scientifically to proven, the we'll wordsmith that a little bit. Yeah, but. no, we don't make, we don't mix <laughs> no. words here. We just come out and say it. Yep, she's a pain in the ass. She took it well though. Yes, yeah, she did. She's been good. She's actually been taking. I mean. Paying attention to where her head lays and all these things. Right. That's great. So finally, uh, we're making some waves here. We'll see. But I I think even without her, I still have sleep issues. Sure. So that's why I want to. And then, of course, I want to keep my brain healthy and going. I've had concussions, whether it was football or just being a young idiot. And I want to keep my brain healthy and functioning from that as well. Tim, we appreciate you. Thanks, man. Where can people go if they want to learn more about what you guys have going on? Yes, neuropeakpro.com is the best. There's a spot. There's a NeuroPeak that's a supplement. Do not get us twisted with that. Okay. NeuroPeakPro.com. You'll see our video that pops up. What do you up. think about those other supplements? I see like Alpha Brain and all these ones are supposed to improve brain yeah. cognition. Um, do supplements do that? 
There are there are some supplements that can be good. Okay. What we would say is make that the cherry on top. Right. If That's you're, not the fixer. If you're, you know, having eight beers before you go to bed, sleeping four hours, eating, you know, chips and, yeah. you know, and then you're like, oh, this is going to help me maximize my focus. Like, we're kidding ourselves. Right. Gotcha. But right. if you're doing everything, you're eating a good diet, you're sleeping well, your brain is trained, you're, you know, engaging in heart rate variability training, all these things, and you want still to try another little boost, mm. potentially, potentially. Now, I'd also say... Look at the brain and see what it's doing. See how it impacts that. Right. But ultimately make that the cherry. Yeah. Awesome. Noro Peak Pro. Tim, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, man.